interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for the following special report. I'm Polly, reporting live right here on the Sox News Network. Play Asia, the saviors of the gaming industry in recent weeks, have called an official press conference to comment on the recent non-controversy they created after Koei Tecmo announced that they would not be releasing Dead or Alive Extreme 3 in the West. PlayAsia quickly and valiantly jumped to the defense of the gaming industry, stating that not only were supposed SJWs responsible for Koei Tecmo's decision, but that PlayAsia itself would selflessly offer the game to the Western audience anyway, because there are no other online or retail outlets that offer game importing services at all, nor have any other websites that offer this service ever existed. And it looks like PlayAsia is ready and set up to uh, deliver their comments, so we will switch over to that feed now. You all bought it! You all bought it! Hook, line, and sinker! You all bought it! Every damn one of you were made fools of! And that was PlayAsia's brief statement on the non-controversy that they've created and oh no it looks like PlayAsia is now standing up on the podium and yes they are now unzipping their trousers and removing them he's pulled out what looks like a wad of $100 bill yeah he's he's definitely wiping uh, his buttocks with the money that he and that'll do it for our special report um thank you again for tuning in we now return you to your regularly scheduled episode of the socks cast Hey, hey, welcome to the SoxCast, episode Lambda Delta. Um, I'd like to take a moment just to start the podcast to uh, acknowledge the unfortunate passing of Scott Weiland uh, this past Thursday. Uh, I'm only taking time to mention it because uh, his music and career have meant a lot to me um, growing up, and it uh, helped shape a lot of my own musical taste and stuff, and I just felt it would be appropriate for me to mention that, uh, you know, as well as also, you know, the other tragedies that have occurred uh, this past week. It's been a real shitty week, y'all. You know? Yeah. It's just been absolutely terrible. So I figured the best way yeah. we could uh, we could combat a real shitty week with lots of bad things happening is to sit here and do this podcast in the face of all adversity <laughs> with the power of friendship and love. That's why I've been just tweeting about video games. It's been just like nothing but that. That's <laughs> a it's a good thing to do. Speaking good of video games, it's... video games are the only thing I ever tweet about. So yeah, no, that's not the only thing you tweet about. But I'll keep the rest of that secret. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure everybody already knows. But just for oh god, PG sakes, we're not going to talk about it here. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is rated PG, so we don't say bad that's words. a lie. I've never lied. Okay, uh, for the sake of not making things awkward, we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the end of the year is coming up, 
and you guys, we've been talking about this whole Game of the Year list thing for a while now. Uh, you've got until December 17th to get us your list of four games. You shoot those off to podcast at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net. Send us your list. Uh, write a little bit about them. Not a whole bunch. Just a little bit. You know, just a sampler. Just a teeny, tiny, itty-bitty bit. Um, and we'll read them here when we do uh, our Game of the Year podcasts, which we're hoping to record on the 18th and 19th. And I will probably be posting those up on uh, the 20th and the 21st or the 21st and the 22nd. I'm not looking at a calendar, so I don't know. It'll, just, it'll be the Monday after we record them and the Monday and Tuesday after we record them. So it'll be Christmas week, probably. Um, so to get things started... To my immediate virtual right, his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt could beat up your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. It's Rhett. Hi. Hey, Rhett. Doing good. Doing good. <laughs> just skipping ahead. Just just jumping. Just get, it, get it out of the way. You're going to say something stupid. I know it. No, I was just going to ask how you're doing, but since you already answered the question, um, how's UPS treating you? Oh, fine. <laughs> it's treating you fine. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I won't pick on you. And, and to my immediate virtual left, he just won the Beatboxing World Championship. It's John Thayer. Hello. Hey, John. It's me. Hi. How's it going? I was about to go into, like, any... I was thinking about following that up with any kind of beatboxing thing, but that would just be embarrassing, I think. No, John. I think that you need to give us a really good example of uh, some of the beatboxing that won you that World Championship. Oh man, I have I, I almost had the woodman percussion at the beginning in my in my head. Come on, come on, no dilly dallying. Let's hear it. No, I can't do it. <laughs> the worst fucking beatboxing ever in my life. You are so white. <laughs> I want to take that and loop it now and put it over whatever <laughs> Mega Man song you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, but we've got a special guest. This is our final regular episode of the year before we move on to game of the year, and we've got our final guest of the year, and we've saved probably the the like fifth or sixth best for last. She's a lovely bunch of coconuts. Deedly deedly, there she is. It's Ashley. Hi. Jesus Christ, Ashley, could you not contain yourself for 20 seconds? I fucking hate you. I really hate you. I was going to end the fucking call because now I don't want to be here. <laughs> How's it going, Ashley? It's going all right. It's going all right. Just doing some chilling out. Eh, you know, started school this week. Is oh, good. shit. Getting started on the old school and getting your brain bigger? Uh-huh. I don't know if mine can get bigger, but... Oh, so you're already, like, super-duper smart. You're way smarter than John, at least. I think I'm graduating next week. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. That is pretty exciting. I know, right? Tell tell John congratulations, Ashley. Thank you. Congratulations, John. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty funny, because I signed up to do the big ceremony, but the grades aren't due for another like two weeks after the ceremony. So I won't actually know if I passed all my classes and got my degree <laughs> until after I've done the big ceremony and walked across the aisle and everything. What are you studying? Computer science and math and oh. physics. Oh boy. That sounds way over my head. 
Well, you're doing uh, computer stuff too, aren't you, dear Ashley? I am doing networking and IC. We'll see. Cool. That's, that's cool stuff. You and Boner, you guys are going to be able to hang out and just like start your own IT business. I am. I'm down for it. You call it call it Boneshley. Boneshley <laughs> and Associates. We'll workshop the name. We'll workshop Ashbone. the name. Ashbone? Ashbone? No, I don't like the sound of that. That sounds <laughs> it's, not it's, good. It's not as good as, like, um, Rhett, and, Rhett and Ashley being the official <laughs> Sox cast OTP. Tomb, is, uh, tomb of the Ashbone origins. We just call Rhett and Ashley uh, Rash, R-H-A-S-S. <laughs> They're yeah. they're they're my OTP. Uh, they're the OTP of the Sox cast. So nobody's ever going to top that. So Ashley, who the hell are you, and what do you do? Uh, you're a first timer here. To give our lovely one and a half listeners an idea of who they're <laughs> listening to. Uh, well, first of all, I want to apologize for that probably very loud Windows noise you just heard in the background. Well, I mean, you were you were just farting earlier, and you didn't apologize for that. So why would you apologize for the very loud window noise? Because I have not updated Java, and it's been harassing me to do it, and I have not done it, and I am truly sorry for that. Well, we didn't hear it. Really? Nope. Because yeah. it was fr- it was pretty fucking loud in my head. <laughs> Maybe you're just hearing things. Maybe you're finally going senile. Turn off Java and the turn up. Turn off Java and the startup. Well, my memory's um, pretty test. bad, so I might be senile already. Yeah. If I'm not, it'll be a couple of years, and then it'll just be done. It's over. It's already over. It's it's it's, it's on its way out. Yeah. It's not gonna last much longer. So what do you do? Um, I play video games, and I go to school, and I I don't know. Fart very loudly. <laughs> yeah. Well, every human does and you're afraid of pickles i'm not afraid of pickles <laughs> it's like one of my favorite snacks in the entire world pickles so are really good i'm a big fan of pickles. i'm a big okay. fan of pickles so every day when in elementary school i would like my mom would buy the, these giant jars full of really big pickles that you just come um, so every day I would like pack a giant one of these big pickles and just eat it as a snack and then all the kids would be like ha ha Looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's secretly why Ashley likes them. Uh, why would I? Why would I eat that when I have plenty of dicks to choose from? But well, but you only want rats, of course. Well, he did wear a fish avatar. Hey, Polly, you're projecting oh, a so. bit there. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> So you play video games, you post dumb poop on Twitter. Yeah, I post a lot of dumb shit on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You subject us to it on a daily basis. Yeah, but... I like to think of us as being subjected to Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have you know that Chelsea says that that you guys are blessed to be experiencing... The real Ashley. Yeah, she would say that. That's what Anna tells me about all of my friends every day when I wake up. <laughs> We're blessed to have the real John. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I think of it. That's that funny. sounds like an album an album name. Yeah, <laughs> blessed to experience the real Ashley. <laughs> well, 
Maybe you are blessed to have you are blessed. I think we're all blessed to be able to be with each other. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't how crazy how John gets to be the civil one? I I'm be, usually really just mean. I yeah. could be civil when you're when you and Tiffy aren't involved because then when you two are involved, I'm just fucking like fucking rude bitch. But when you're not involved, I'm pretty nice. Oh yeah, just blame it on us. Blame it on us. That's what I do blame it on you because you're both fucking bullies and you both love to pick on me. Especially uh, Tiffy. <laughs> fucking Tiffy subtweets me all the fucking time. God. What kind of moron would subtweet people? That's rude. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that. If I wasn't on a break for Twitter, from Twitter right now, I would subtweet you right now. But <laughs> I'm on break, so. Cool. So... Ashley, what the hell have you been up to? What you been getting into? What you been putting them peepers on? Them peepers? Yeah, you got peepers, right? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Eyeball? You've <laughs> never heard? Obviously. Creep, jeepers, creepers, where'd you get them peepers? Where'd you get those eyes? I've heard up to... Don't fear the reapers? You get them. I haven't heard the where'd you get them eyes part of the song, so... No, I did not know, and I... I am sorry for not knowing. So what did you think peepers were in that song then? I don't know. I never fucking actually (laughs) gave it any thought. It's not like I actively listened to that song in my head all fucking day. You have it on on your phone and you listen to it. It's always on your what's playing right now list. I don't think so. Right next to Backstreet Boys. (laughs) (laughs) I've been listening to the Backstreet Boys a lot this week for art related reasons. John, there is no artistic merit in the Backstreet Boys music. Really? None well, whatsoever. Could I convince? Maybe I'll be the one to convince you otherwise. I don't think you'll convince me. John is real into nihilism this week. Yeah. That's why he's <laughs> listening to them. Nihilism? Nihilism, Rick. <laughs> oh, god damn it. <laughs> it's okay, Rick. I don't know how to say stuff either, and Polly always thinks funny. Okay, how do you spell S say this word. Okay. S E G U E. Can you type that for me? S E G U E. It's five letters. We got this. <laughs> the best podcast ever. <laughs> so we... Alright, Se- you got this. Segui? I don't know. vindicated! Son of a bitch. I love you. Son of a bitch. What did I get it right? No, you got it right in Redland. He gets it wrong. <laughs> then why do you say it? Segway. <laughs> but Rhett's been saying Segui for a year. <laughs> if Reed stopped calling it Segui, it would be a real paradigm shift. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that turned me into a real nihilist. <laughs> So, Ashley, I heard you were playing video games. How are those streams? (laughs) Speaking of Seguis, we're going to Segui right into what Ashley's been playing. Who broke her? 
somebody else. I can't answer me. I think... <laughs> okay, for the first time ever, we will not have our guest speak first. John Thayer. Yes. What have you been up to? I, re- I like going first because I really like talking and <laughs> having other people listen to me. <laughs> That's like my favorite part of these things. Okay. While we let Ashley's reboot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I went back to Virtue's Last Reward, the second Zero Escape game. Ooh. I played all of it. I beat it. Fantastic. It's really good. Did you love it? I loved it. It was yes. really fucking good. I told you that game has a, a hell of a way of wrapping itself up with its big five-hour pro- <laughs> five <hour> epilogue. <laughs> Is the epilogue really five hours? Yeah, it just keeps yes. going. Like, oh you, have, you have one last set of puzzles, and then it's like, yo, here's five hours of text. That's insane. <laughs> After the climax. But it's so good. It's really good. It, it is there for a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really silly and really great. So I dropped VLR for, because I wanted to play Undertale about 10 hours in. And I was like, Psh. So by the time I finished Undertale, I was like, Psh, what even was that game? Whatever the fuck VLR. Because... <laughs> They both turn out to use some pretty similar devices, as it turns out. Yeah, they actually do. Structurally, it was sort of a really weird coincidence that I picked up VLR and then Undertale right after it. They're both so on the nose with how meta they are and how they use game mechanics as a way of getting an idea across in the narrative. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So, Favorite character. That game goes places. Favorite character. Favorite character? Oh shit! Um, if you don't mm. say if you don't say Luna or Gollum, you're wrong. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's Luna because I thought Luna was kind of boring at first, but the pla- places they take her character just she's just really sweet. Yeah, but the places they take her character are really heartrending and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Fi is obviously great. I love Fi. She's so yeah. good. She's a really good take on the badass chick. Uh, um. I guess a trope, I guess, if you will, but she's like, she kind of backs it up by actually being a badass and not just being a bitch for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, Sigma <laughs> is an asshole, so. Yeah. Sigma deserves it. Yeah. If, yeah. It's kind of like if they have the, if they had like the Yosuke or the Xander as yeah. like the main character. Yeah. Just yeah. like in 999. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then there's a late game reveal that makes all of his uh, advances that much creepier in retrospect. Yeah. It's just like, what did you do, game? Like, when I first saw that, I was literally like, oh my god, game, you were seeding this the whole goddamn time. You were telling me this the whole fucking time. And I was just, I was so blind. And it was like, oh, you motherfuckers. That was genius. It really was. And then um, the, in the very first scene... Um, Phi jumps like twenty, like fifteen feet in the air, somehow. Mm-hmm. And then, like at the very end of the game, they explain how that works and why. And <laughs> it makes sense, but it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. Like is- a lot of people don't like how ridiculous that game got by the end. But God. for me, it was just like I love everything stupid and ridiculous. I mean, exactly. And they, but it's and. It- and it earned it. It earned it. 
they establish everything with the with um the radical six. It all ties together. Yep. Ugh. Oh my god. Oh my god. That Her ending. Weird ass pseudoscience. <laughs> I, I don't. I, if we just explained the some of the plot, you could, you could spend like an hour just explaining the plot twists in that game, and it would be as just the most like deadpan ridiculous thing. Yeah, I really want to do a spoiler cast for that series uh, for nine 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 and VLR before Zero Escape Three comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm really excited about. I'm I'm kind of perplexed as to where it goes since there so many reveals about the game's setting. You know, well they give you an eye. Well, like. Uh, Zero Escape 3 takes place when and where you exactly think it's going to take place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've read all about that. So it makes makes perfect sense. And now, like, I guess all of the so much of VLR is just like learning about the setting. Mm-hmm. And then Zero Escape 3, I feel like is going to have to be a lot smaller just by necessity. Yeah. Because all of those big a lot of those big reveals have come out now. Yeah, you can't really like. What else can you do at this point that would be a big ass reveal? You know, you basically VLR basically sets the stage for the final act mm-hmm. uh, in a way. So the final act just kind of has to play out at this point. Yeah, exactly. So part of me is like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen for this, but then also knowing this creator, <laughs> yeah, he's, it doesn't uh, seem like I know exactly what's going to happen here. He's a tricky one. Yeah. So I get the sense that Zero Escape Three is going to be a. Um, Kind of more constrained, more intimate game, probably. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we know these characters now. We know exactly what needs to happen at this point in time with these people. So it's just going to be a matter of knowing these characters and all those kind of reveals. Yeah. The Schrodinger's cat reveal of what's inside um, K's armor. So good. God damn. Oh, but we'll save those those big things for a spoiler cast. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know that there are probably still people out there that want uh, to play it. So yeah, nine 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 is really good. I pr- I kind of want to go back and play the DS version now, just because this got me so psyched about these games that I could replay nine 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 anyway. Mm-hmm. Especially since it's a whole lot shorter. Yeah, um, and I'd love to see it in context with the puzzles and whatnot. Um. The the iOS version was good for me because it took a while for me to become convinced that this was something I'd be interested in. Mm-hmm. And the iOS streamlines everything to the point that I was able to briskly get to the point where I was like, okay, I, I'm into this. And it loses a really big impactful moment because it doesn't have like the the mm-hmm. the, the, the conceit of there being a second screen, so it loses exactly. a bit. So I want to play. I, I feel like the DS version is probably the better version, just a good bit. Ways. Even even it's, though like, I just fired that puzzle off to Rhett and told him to do it. Why <laughs> <laughs> you do it? I fucking hate Sudoku. <laughs> um, but yeah, those games are really good. Um, yeah, and I'm really interested in seeing more stuff from the, that creator. I guess uh, some <laughs> the 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 only I guess problem you could really launch at it is. That um, the main character in both games is the sort of noxious Yosuke type. Yeah. And some of the character designs are pretty dreadful. That, that, that new Clover design. Good. Oh my god. What are you doing? <laughs> it's just really transparent. It's just so stupid looking. Mm-hmm. It's just, at least with this situation, I don't have a character with... I don't have a problem with characters having them grade A titty meets out. Mm-hmm. But it's just like... You're... 
look at the context of this story. You look ridiculous. <laughs> um, this super game of murder death. By the way, I'm dressed like a stripper. This Where is just you? a bikini. I'm dr- that I'm, is the outfit. I am a serious government investigator. <laughs> oh my god! All of his, all of Sigma's advances on Clover in <laughs> retrospect. <laughs> ah, so good. Ah! So what else are you doing, John? What else am I doing besides playing VLR? Absolutely. Well, I played a shit ton of this game called Downwell. Mm. Uh, it is an orgasmically good 2D roguelike platformer thing. And it's it has fantastic. an aesthetic. It has an aesthetic that I looked at the first time and said, "Yep, that's John aesthetic." So, what colors palette did you stick with? I like I like just the normal Downwell palette. I I played with that a good bit, and then I went to the um the third one, which is blue. Mm, yeah, um, the, the aqua is really really pretty. Yeah, so it's just it just makes the whole game a little bit softer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's less harsh. Mm-hmm. Downplays sort of the violence of it into this makes it, which fit my more kind of meditative getting into the zone. It's going for the pacifist run. Got yeah, this. yeah. There is, really... a, there is an achievement for finishing a level without killing something, but I don't know how you'd get it. <laughs> you, you get a lot of HP and fall. Yeah, well, but, but if you fall on something, you kill it. Oh, right. So I don't know how the fuck you'd do that. Yeah, you'd have to guess, I sh- you, when you see you're about to fall on something, shoot your gun to move away from it, but not enough that you kill it. Mm-hmm. So you're shooting so, everything. So you Downwell is a game where it, it's think of it as vertical spelunky, only way faster and yeah. a little more chaotic. Yeah, it's um, I think it's a revolver games. Who are those people again? Devolver. I feel like they Devolver Digital. Digital. Yeah. Who do they, what have they made that I like? They're mostly just a publisher. They they release stuff like they like their biggest titles are like Hotline Miami and Shadow Warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has that. It has a lot of that kind of Hotline Miami crunch to it. I think yeah. it's a lot tighter in this one, and yeah. I think the thematic context is a lot more interesting. Is a lot just more coherent. Yeah, I've uh, I've, I've spent a lot of time playing this game over the last couple of weeks. It's yeah. just so fucking good. It's just really really fun. It's got the whole. You are going down a vertical shaft. Um, yeah, just like you do, <laughs> huh? Go down on that vertical shaft. Oh, Ashley knows this, what we're talking about. Is, it, is this game a metaphor? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It could be. It could be. We should, we should clearly look into the Freudian reading of Downwell later on. Um, it's a long it, shaft, too. It is a long hole in the earth that you dig deep down into. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> stop making it sound sexy damn it <laughs> oh yeah fire that gun yeah my so you're my favorite it's a game favorite. about it's a game about falling <laughs> so burst so you know in mega man when you're like falling down a long string of spikes and whatnot mm-hmm. and you know um in Mega Man, in some of the later X6 and whatnot, where they have the same like vertical things, but they don't have the um, the screen separation. Screen separation, yeah. so it's just nonsense. Yeah, Downwell is kind of like taking that nonsense and making it make sense. Yeah, it's a game about falling, and you're going to fall into enemies that are going to hurt you if you're not careful, and you need to be careful, and you want to just keep the flow going as much as possible. So you have one button, and two, you can move left and right, and you have one button. If you're on the ground. Because there's like 
little it's a continuous downward shaft with little platforms on the side and in the middle. And if you're on the ground, then you jump when you press the button. And then if you press the button in the air, then you shoot down. Mm-hmm. And when you're shooting, you're hovering, kind of like in Cave Story. <clears throat> um, so you use your gu- you can shoot your gun a limited time, and your meter refills every time you touch the ground or every time you jump on an enemy. Mm-hmm. So the goal, so um, you keep falling down, and you use your gun when you're about to enter a dangerous situation so that you can give yourself a moment to parse where you want to be and, tra- and move yourself across the screen vert- horizontally um, in order to avoid dangerous situations. And Because some enemies are, they're color-coded. Some enemies you can jump on, some you can't. Yeah, if an enemy is a solid color, you can't touch it. But It'll you hurt. can't. But you can destroy it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be kind of careful about that. Um, and then there's a variety of different enemy behaviors that um, change as the game progresses. Like there's turtles that you can't shoot with, kill with your gun, but you can jump on them, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Um, so you key, So the goal is you want to jump on an enemy, not shoot your gun to get to in front of another enemy and and fall on that enemy, and then keep it. Ch- and then that refills your meter. So you can stay in the air if you're careful about jumping on enemies um, strategically and using your gun strategically. Um, to kind of just like course correct yourself onto the dir- you know, t- towards exactly. the direction of another enemy. So you can get a big cool chain going. Yeah. And then if you keep the chain going longer, when you land on the ground, um, you get a bunch of bonuses. Because mm-hmm. um, you have currency and you have um, your gun meter and you have your health. And the currency is you just can buy upgrades in little shops like in Spelunky. And you get to pick a free upgrade after every stage as well. So. Exactly. Um, there's little nooks off to the side of the main shaft. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I had, I had to slow down there for a second. Shaft, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there's this cool mechanic where when you, there's a little bubble outside of the entrances to those nooks where once you hit the bubble, time freezes and your combo freezes. Mm-hmm. And you can go into the little nook and collect items and everything and, get, and everything just stops for a minute all the enemies stop and you can kind of take a breather and then you can jump if you as long as you jump out of the bubble without touching the ground um then you can keep your combo going um so you want to be strategic about how you enter these different these little nooks and collect your upgrades and whatnot uh, but keeping your combo going you don't have to do that no it, it, it feels it, good to play the that option. way yeah it, it feels good to play that way but you don't have to play that way like if you want to play just to get to the bottom of the well, that's absolutely a okay too. Like it never really forces you to, and you're not really penalized for not. Um... No, you're right. Yeah. And then I, I like doing the combo stuff because the because I feel like the um, extra that's sort of the getting to that flow has been sort of like the most rewarding thing about the game to me. But also, I really love the distinctions between the four levels. Yeah, um, they're really interesting. And the first time I got to the underwater portion of the game i was just like are you fucking kidding me i think game out. what are you doing game what are you it's like because I, I like when i first played the game i was just playing it blind on a stream mm-hmm. and i got to the underground level, i was like what the fuck are you doing game you're insane and then i got <laughs> to the, and then i got to the set of stages after that and was like what the fuck are you doing game <laughs> come on limbo, limbo is nuts is that the fourth one? That's the fourth one, and then yep. it leads to um, a, a boss, boss, which is the boss is so good. What is the boss? <clears throat> the boss is so good. I, I want the, to know. You, it's dude, the, the game is the game is two bucks right now. Go buy it. It's hard. Yeah. 
I got to. I took about two hours to get to the boss. Mm-hmm. It's maybe fifteen minutes for a complete playthrough. Yeah. And um, I took about two hours to get to the boss, and then I spent about two hours playing up to the boss again a couple more times. Um, so it's hard, but it's really fun. But the um, boss is basically like it. Cha- like there are two parts of it. There's a top and a bottom, and the top is forcing you down while the bottom shoots up at you mm-hmm. um cool. and the cool gimmick of that fight is that you go through all four stages of the game and their gimmicks and their gimmicks again with like the same enemies oh. and stuff but and it's it's so chaotic and so awesome like mm. oh my god it feels so good yeah the boss is the boss works with the sa- exact same vocabulary as the rest of the game yeah um, which is really good because a lot of times with roguelikes, especially bosses, don't really make sense. Yeah, um, that's the thing I really felt with um, uh, FTL was getting to the end and it was just Uh-oh. like, this is an hour and a half long game. <laughs> the boss is three times harder than the rest of the game. I'm it's, done. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> F- FTL in particular is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I got that, I got to because the end of that of, part. I got to the end of FTL once and it was just like lost a run is like. I'm not playing this game. It has three forms. The, fi- the, f- <laughs> the final ship in that game has three forms. And I didn't defeat one of them. <laughs> yeah. I was playing on easy and I got to the, and I'm like my <laughs> fifth or sixth time I got to the boss, I got to the third one and died. And I was like, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Spelunky is probably better. I haven't gotten to the boss in that game. Oh, the bosses in Spelunky play kind of by like a lot of the same rules that the yeah. enemies do. So like, the first boss in Splunky is literally just Bowser from Mario 3 where yeah. it's, it stomps and breaks the ground. That's yeah. funny. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good. And um, yeah, Downwell fits in the same vocabulary. And then I can't really think of any other rogue. And then Binding of Isaac has bosses the whole game. Yeah. yeah. And its bosses are, you know, they, like they fit the, the, the type of game that the Binding of Isaac is. You know, it's just like this action game and the bosses are action oriented and you're dodging and shooting. So it makes exactly. sense. And since they have roguelikes, the, they have um, bosses the whole game, then that kind of, there's a progression there that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really like Downwell. It's uh, just like, like, I've not played a game that's felt that fucking good in so long. It just mm-hmm. feels good to play, and like the sound effects are super crunched out. Oh, it's so <clears> sharp. It's I just, think that's uh, some good screen shake. Just fantastic sound design, and mm-hmm. just great screen shake. That Vlambeer screen shake. Yeah, that's what it is. It feels Vlambeer-y. That's why <laughs> I thought of... That's what, who I thought Devolver was for a little bit. But, uh, um, do we no. know who, who the actual developer is? It's a Japanese dude. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Which is really, which is cool. Would you compare the cave or the screen shake to Cave Story? I would compare the UI to Cave Story. I would compare they, a lot of things to Cave Story. Yeah, honestly, they use cool. uh, it, it's a lot of, kind of a similar graphic style. Only this is obviously more monochrome and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know the obvious the shooting the, down, the shooting down, obviously. Mm-hmm. I want to replay Cave Story. That game has <laughs> kind of been on my brain lately, because especially since I never got the got the true ending <laughs> true end that's what it was I, I beat undertale and got the true ending and then somebody told me that the true ending in cave story was also oh we talked about this last week yeah we talked about that last time <laughs> good shit yep um downwell's good shit absolutely apparently as an ios version um which is usually my that would probably just completely be my jam i imagine it probably uses the um uh like the ridiculous fishing uh what is it the um, doodle jump 
gyroscope kind of, yeah, yeah, controls. I would so. And I'm sure they feel really good because they feel great in Ridiculous Fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think after playing it so much with the controller, I'd feel it would feel like too much of a step back for me. I'd just my precision would be so much lower. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I could really deal there. Um, yeah, great, really just rad game. Yeah, yeah, go get it. It's three fucking dollars. Come on, like it's two dollars right now on sale. So I mean, you've got no, you've got no reason to not buy Downwell. I like that for once the PC version isn't just inexplicably more expensive. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you see games, it's like three bucks on iOS, ten on Steam. Like what? Mm-hmm. What I, was else, looking, John? I was looking at um, the Medic- at the um, critic re- reception down well on Wikipedia, and it was like per- a lot of great perfect scores, and then one person who was like pretty low score, and then being like, "It feels weird to be a PC game. It just feels like such a made for mobile." And oh, I'm just like <laughs> choke God. on a, choke on a thousand dicks, Metacritic <laughs> guy. Well, don't worry, yep. it is sixty frames a second. It is so, so we're good there. Yeah. What else, John? What else? Oh, God. All right. Um, <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> We're limiting you this time. So when I was four years old, my mom bought me a Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, so me, four years old, would have been... Like, 19, three, like three years ago. 1997 or so. So it was about two... It was um, six or seven years after the... SNES was out and the PlayStation already existed, the 964 existed. So she was able to buy that used at a pawn shop mm-hmm. for a lot cheaper than the newer systems. And that's how we bought, got all our games for a long time. Um, and one of the first games I ever got was Super Mario World. Well, yeah. Um, and I played it, the shit out of it. Um, I got really good at it as, like, the first kid I actually started learning to, like, speedrun that game. Oh, wow. Um, you heard it here first. AGDQ. John Thayer, he's speedrunning uh, Super Mario World. <laughs> I think there's a little bit of competition for that game. Really? <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I, I've it's seen people game, beat but... it in like three minutes now using well, tricks. John can do it. Like, what? John oh, jeez. Did you see that video? The one where they like reprogrammed the game to just cut <laughs> to the ending? Yeah. Oh, you, no, you, I, knew, I knew about the one where they made Pong. In it can, it. Like, yeah. You can corrupt the memory in a way with the. You can corrupt the graphical memory in a way that it'll, the game will just be like, fuck it, you win. I don't and care. And it just goes to credits. It's so fucking weird. Somebody did that without an emulator. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just memorized it. God, oh my God. So, anyways. Um, so I replayed this game mm-hmm. and I got really sad. Um, I think I was just, I think I just ha- was having a really bad day anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of gotten, and I'd been kind of hipster John, you know, I've been ragging on Mario world from a distance for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since you hooked up with that Austin kid. <laughs> no, Austin actually sent me a thing online. Like what the fuck's so wrong? That was super Mario world. Uh, it's not super Mario three. And the, yes, that's the problem. And then I, um, <laughs> Yes, actually, though. And then I, um, I was like, do you really want to know? Yeah. And then I spent like half hour just like bitching. Well, let's, let's trim that down to a neat maybe 10 minutes. I can do that. I can okay. do that just fine. <clears throat> just um, all right. Um, so I so why do you Reed. hate fun? So I, <laughs> I talked to Reed about this for a while, and he gave me kind of like this perspective that I thought, all right, I can get into this game again. I can love this game that I loved as a kid again. Um, 
just like Super Mario World having one of the most kind of represent representative um, settings where like the levels are these places on this actual world mm-hmm. and then you move around this actual world with places. You go into a cave world and everything is underground and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you go have these levels on a bridge and it has this neat little circle spiral where you go around these worlds and go into the f- creepy forest. Um, I love the world, the world map theme in the Forest of Illusion. That's really good. Yeah. And then the re- big reveal of the Bowser ship at the end. Mm-hmm. The sunken ship from Mario 3. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate the level design in this game. <laughs> just like all the way through, um, I really, really don't like how the levels in this game are put together at all. Um, it's, it's not like, this is speaking from not so much that this game is bad. This isn't like secret of mana. I feel like where I came off of that, like here is, are all of these things that are really obviously terrible (laughs) with this experience (laughs) that I hate. Oh my God. I'm feeling physically ill. (laughs) Oh, oh, I feel physically bad. I need to turn this off. It was just, it's, it's a lot more, undefinable harder to grasp and express right um because mario in itself is fun yes right like that move set is who doesn't like who doesn't like to pick up a mario game and play exactly i when i started off playing it i was having a really good time too i was like i want to just take a hot bath on this bad day and just sit in there and play mario world for an hour and it's going to make me feel a lot better Mm -hmm. um and then by that, the end of that night, um, I was finishing the game, and then I was just like, and it wasn't making me feel better, <laughs> um, which really feels like the worst thing you could say about a Mario game, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, I look at it as, what if I had a whole big box of Whoppers, right? Uh-huh. And then what if I went and reached in that box of Whoppers just now and discovered that there were no more Whoppers left? <laughs> Guess what I just did? I like Whoppers. Whoppers are awesome. Yes, I have they are. No, I have no more Whoppers. That's how I feel about Super Mario World. Gotcha. That makes sense. No, it doesn't. I, no, it doesn't. <laughs> a whole box of Whoppers for me. No, I, I, I was, I was just being nice. <laughs> and I don't know why, 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 what connects Super Mario World and hamburgers, but whatever. <laughs> um. So. If you play Super Mario Brothers 3, like that game, because I've been playing Super Mario Brothers 3 because I needed to remind myself that I like video games. Yeah. Um, like all of those levels have a nice little story to them. Mm-hmm. Have a nice like little progression. Yeah. Um, like the, the easiest example um, is 7-7 where you have, where you just have to chain stars together to run over piranha plants. Mm-hmm. Like that is just, and it escal- it just introduces the idea, and then escalates, and then escalates, and then ends. An idea is like, so good that I ripped it off for my game. Yep, <laughs> yep. And you and you escalated it and escalated it, and then it ended. Yep. Um, Super Mario World. Every, every, almost every level, will like introduce an idea, and then introduce an idea, <laughs> and then introduce an idea. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. And then the next level, introduce an idea, introduce an idea, introduce an idea, and then it ends. 
Um, I think the for some reason the most defined example of this for me was the World Four Castle, because I actually was really enjoying a lot of the levels in World Four, mm-hmm. and um, because a lot of them had kind of like Soda Lake is everything is just um, kind of introducing the uh, the underwater where most of the underwater levels in World are really boring because it's just a lot of floating and. Um, they're just really slow paced yeah. and then Soda Lake is like move forward dodge these here's some missiles mm-hmm. they're they get more complicated as they move along yeah. um, and it's not just really boring mm. um, but the, the World 4 castle it starts off and you're in this really tight corridor and there's like this creepy lava background of ju- inside just the corridor and they have spinning ball and chains yeah. and um little tiny um, respawning bone kind of bone enemies that have spiked hats. Yeah. And it's a really cool little setup and it's pretty complicated and it um, getting through it was really satisfying. And then after being in that for about 20 seconds, it ends and you go into the next area and now the ceiling is falling down on you. Mm -hmm. And then you run to the end. You have got plenty of time to get to the end. Um, Way too much time to get to the end. And... Then you get to the next area, and it is a bunch of the hanging fences from the first world castle. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of the same thing as in the first world castle where you're wa- g- moving up while dodging Koopas yeah. for like 30 seconds. And then it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those ideas are developed. They're, the first chunk of each of those sections is as hard as the last chunk. Yeah. Um, they just are introducing an idea... And then leaving it be because there there's not any interest in developing like a store a coherent story. Because yeah. um, if they just replace the last section with the with a with the reiteration of the first section, just more intri- more intricate, then it'd be perfect. Because at least the collapsing ceiling kind of builds on that theme of tight spaces and yeah. feeling cramped. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't need to all be the same exact thing. It doesn't need to exclusively be running on piranha plants with stars. Um, I just want like a chorus, something that, uh, comes back, something that ties it together. Uh, and none of the levels have that practical, no, not none of the levels, just like a fifth of the levels. And then the other four fifths are just really boring. Um, I remember I I replayed a lot of Mario world, uh, when I was messing around editing it, just kind of like looking at its tricks and stuff. And I noticed a lot of the same things you were saying. It's just like. There's something about these levels that, like, they're not terrible. They just kind of feel lifeless to me for some reason. Yeah, it feels like, it just feels kind of distant, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Because Mario 3 has all these weird eccentric things about it. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all these mini games on the world map. There's the canoe on the World 3 map that you can take around the whole level. If you go far to the right of the secret area, there's another secret area. Mm-hmm. Um. They're, the warp whistles are really hidden and just a completely, um, like, Tower of Draga type thing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, the There's the whole stage motif where it kind of contextualizes, because it's a very video gamey video game, um, versus something like Castlevania, which is very representative, right? Where yeah. There are no floating platforms in Castlevania. Everything is kind of contextualized in this 8-bit way. Um, Mario World is like kind of representative. I'm copying some points from Ario Barzan's um, write up here that really resonated with me. 
on Gamma Sutra. And Damn dirty Mar- plagiarizer. I know, right? <laughs> um, figured I'd cite it there. Mm. But, like, Mario World has this representative world, but it's still, like, super video gamey, like Mario 3. And it doesn't really fit in the same way. It, but And I feel like the world map takes it a lot farther than um, just, like, Mario 1 and Mario 2. And Mario 2 is literally a dream. Mario 3 is, is contextualized as, like, a play. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, Mario 2 is actually Do- Doki Doki Panic. <laughs> I never knew that. You hey, can't you... count that as the official Mario uh, canon. Mm-hmm. Could you talk like that for the rest of the episode, no. please? The thing about the stage motif and the um, maybe feeling kind of distant in comparison to 3 is a little more ephemeral and not really as huge a part of why I d- just came away from the game so dissatisfied. But I, I think it's I think that's valid and is there. Um, why is the spin jump there? Because... What is it? 20 years later, yeah, 20 years later, it's the great effect yeah. in Mario Maker and ROM X. <laughs> oh my god, because the game certainly does. Yeah, the game does jack all shit with it. Really? Yeah, that sucks. You know what? You know what the game does with the cape? <laughs> it lets you break it. Fuck all. You can skip over most of the levels, I guess. Yeah, there's, there's one section at the end of the forest fortress. Um, where you have to, in order, where you have a second exit to get to the boss, mm-hmm. past the first exit, and you have to fly over a, um, a lava lake that has fireballs shooting out of it. Yeah. So it's actually pretty complicated. And I did it on like my second try. And there's that one where you've got to fly under a goalpost. Yeah, I was going to say that mm-hmm. one. Isn't that in the chocolate area? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See memorable um, moments from a game with memorable level design. Of course, you can. Of course, you can also get past that with the, with the um, blue Yoshi or a regular Yoshi with the blue Koopa. Good point. I think that's what I always did as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, and and then at the end of that forest fortress section, you get nine one ups. <laughs> they have nine one ups lined up in boxes for you because you just did this Herculean, impossible thing yeah. of using the cape at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is obviously so Herculean because they give you nine one-ups and then never ask you to use it again in the entire rest of the game. Yeah. Um, every level in... I feel like every level in Mario 3 has the Tanuki suit, the um, uh, raccoon shell it, tail, at least somewhat in mind. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm replaying it right now. I'm at like world, the end of World 7. Mm. Um, way, way more... It's, Mario 3 levels are way more interesting vertically than Mario World levels, even though the cape gives you more vertical reach and power. Yeah. And control. Well, because there's there's jack all shit at the top of a Mario World level. It's just, oh, hey, I'm in the sky. There's nothing to do up here. There's a sky, and maybe, if you're lucky, there'll be a platform with some coins on it. Yeah, and in uh, Mario 3, there's a, a lot of shit to explore up there. Yeah. There's, like, on occasion, Mario 3 has, like, these kind of sonic esque alternate paths through levels yeah um never never in mario world it's there's not like there that that was a huge opportunity for like some interesting branching level design Mm -hmm. in mario world structure that the cape would have allowed that they just ignore yeah 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 um i don't even think any of the special world levels make interesting use of the cape at all Um, i think they do no no i think a lot of the special world levels are pretty good are good yeah um because they do like introduce ideas and develop them interestingly, um, but just 
And going back to like the thing about it feeling kind of distant, like Mario three has the stuff like the giant world. Giant world is the best thing. <laughs> it's the best thing. Um, it has mazes. Mario yeah. world just has what has one maze. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the ghost houses? It does have the ghost houses. That's true. Uh, which are pretty cute. It, they're really, I don't know. I, I feel like I would like Mario three's puzzles more. Yeah. Um, puzzle levels a lot more than the ghost houses. Uh, mostly, I guess, because the the actual ghost houses themselves are usually pretty empty when it comes to like actual level design. It's just the structure of the puzzle. That yeah, is... it's just hey, find this switch here and carry this P block through this door instead. Exactly. Uh, once you've kind of figured out the tricks in the first couple ghost houses, it doesn't really develop much beyond that. Um, and then you get in the last world is really limp, especially in comparison to threes. Oh yeah. Uh, I really like yeah. the the castle, the seventh castle, because mm-hmm. uh, it has the caterpillar platform. Yeah, um, and then some other cool stuff. Yeah, and then the last castle is just whatever. Yeah, uh, it's not so good, Al. That that's kind of the thing with Mario Three too, was that the the fortress right before the last castle is actually a lot harder. Yeah, it makes sense because you can skip over the fortress with the cloud or whatnot, but you can't skip over that last one. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually beaten the Mario 3 Fortress Hyper 4 Bowser every time I try. It's like an hour. It's a nightmare. Is that uh-huh. the really maze-like one with all the yep. conveyor belts? Yep. Yeah, fuck that shit. So it's kind of like built itself up in my brain. I've gone out of my way not to look up the solution just because I like having it be this amazing, impossible thing <laughs> that you can skip over. Um and you can skip over the World 7 ca- Castle, too, because it was obviously such a Herculean, Ooh, impossible that, thing. God, that oh. World 7 Castle's a, a nightmare. Oh, oh. So, just everything about everything about it rubs me the wrong way, um, playing it again. and Here on the Sox cast, we demolish all of your favorite <laughs> classics. And I, I was like... I, I just wanted to, you know, kind of get back into it because Reek gave me this perspective that made sense to me of Mario World as like kind of the more intimate, setting-focused, representative Mario game. I mean, I think that stuff still holds, though. Yeah, that's true. Like Mario Three, Mario, Mario Three is definitely trying to be like a fairly difficult platformer, mm-hmm. and Mario World is just like, hey, here's some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you you can fly over it, or you can get a Yoshi and jump over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. And I'm okay with like chill platformers. I love Epic Yarn. Um, 3D World has a lot of stuff around it, um, and I really love those games. And I wish maybe that 3D World had a setting, had a commitment to its setting as half as engaging as Worlds. Um, but even even like that, the the commitment to the setting is just kind of undermined by the inherently video gameyness of Mario games. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so if I want really wanted something like that, I'd play fucking Castlevania or <laughs> a number of other games. Um, so this game just really bugged the hell out of me. Uh, and it made me really, really sad. And oh. it just made me like, of course, and, and I could, just thinking back over all the game critics that would cite oh. it whenever they needed like to cite like an obviously one of the best games ever that this <laughs> game is not as good as. And I thought, Oh, that's what Jeff Gershman always fucking did. That's what Yahtzee Kershaw always fucking did. And I'm just like, I don't think those people have very interesting opinions. 
Wasn't Mario World like a single year after three? Um, oh god, like, was it nineteen ninety to ninety one? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. Like I've always heard people considered that game rushed out really to meet the launch of the SNES. I can see that. God, I never <laughs> even thought of that. Because um, like me, it's always been like the obviously the best Mario game. <laughs> Which is probably not yeah. your you y'all's perspective because you're a lot older than me. So you were there for the Wizard and Mario Three, yeah. And <laughs> I was buying uh, Mario World at the pawn shop, and it was my first video game. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing was, Mario Three was too hard for me. I love Mario Three. <laughs> then I got Mario World. I'm like, oh, this is way easier. Hey, cool. this is this is way more my speed. Mm-hmm. Which is why I gave World to Anna instead of Three. Um, Anna was looking over my shoulder while I was playing three and just being like kind of clapping with the light at some of the level level stuff. Um, like she watched it like, Oh my God, that's so clever. The one where you're ascending up a, um, long vertical shaft. Yeah. You're going right up that climb, shaft. You climb you around, know. you go around the side and it loops you back to the other side, like in Mario brothers, yeah. the original. Yeah. And you jump on the platforms that create little outlines of themselves and you can jump on them to change the direction. Mm. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Um, and then she played World for like 15 minutes before we got Mario Maker and was just like viscerally repulsed. <laughs> like this is to her. It was this like this is a bunch of arbitrary video game bullshit <laughs> and I don't have to deal with this. But okay, you yeah. can go left and hit the the I what is it the P switch palace or whatever yeah God and, and the you can make changes in the world it's revolutionary <laughs> you can <laughs> make the game even easier you can here you've explored the game here let's reward you by making the stages less interesting I just told them about your experiences playing world and then having been kind of repulsed by it <laughs> that's <laughs> nice dear. <laughs> I'll let that one slide, but being repulsed by galaxies, like, fucking whatever. Yeah, whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, you dork. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not going to go revisit Galaxy and figure out my opinion on that right now, because this was this made me really bummed out. I'm just going to kind of trust my instincts for now. Because um, this was this felt like a really good case for me trusting my instincts. Never um, give up. Oh, Mario <laughs> is really good, y'all. Yeah, yeah. I like Mario Three. It's kind of kind of just perfect. I like both. Oh my god. Okay. I'm not gonna go. I'm also not gonna go. I I loaded up my DS intent on loading up um Yoshi's Island because mm-hmm. I was like kind of feeling oh, no. bad about myself and just like I know I'll just I'll see if I was if I'm right about this too. <laughs> just that, that, that one I actually I am scared to revisit because I'm like what if it doesn't work? Yeah, because. Because, you know, remember when I was playing, like, the four Igavanias in a row? Because yeah. I was just in a bad place. <laughs> um, I was about to re- start playing Yoshi's Island because I thought that's what I deserved, basically. <laughs> and then I noticed I didn't have it downloaded on my DS. And I was like, I guess I'll just play three instead. You made the better decision. I did. Um, cool. God. Is there anything so- else, John? No, nope. That is Not that enough. is. Oh, um, we watched Anna and I watched Usagi Drop, which mm. is an anime that we really loved. Anime. Has, cool. has anybody told you yet? No. What? Okay. Oh, the manga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anna and I. I thought I remember that, and then like two episodes in, Anna was on the Wikipedia page, and then she's like, "John, we have to stop watching. It gets terrible." 
And then I said, no, 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 that's just in the manga. That's just in the manga. The anime doesn't do that. The anime ends before it gets before the the incest bullshit. Oh <laughs> but, god! But it exists and will forever loom over that show. Oh. Why did they do that? Well, well, really, she's not actually blood related. Oh, oh man! <laughs> so is Ashley unbroken? <clears throat> I've been unbroken for like forty minutes. Yeah, John does that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, this means that Anna and I have been watching a bunch of new shows. So anime is cool again, Polly. Uh, I'll, I'll trust you on that. I don't cool. trust Polly to ever watch anime again. Aww. It might never happen. Even though, even though I've like got a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays, <laughs> I've still never watched. You should watch Squid Girl. I should watch that. And people keep telling me Gungrave's really good. I'm watching Blood Blockade Battlefront, and I'm almost done with it. It's pretty much the best shit ever. I'm watching One Punch Man like fucking everybody. One Punch it's, Man. Oh, I want to watch that. One Punch Man just reminds me of Doug. <laughs> and I, and I, I just want to think of One Punch Man as just being anime Doug, and I don't ever want to know any different. Anna saw it and said, that's Caillou. What? Did you not watch Caillou? Oh, yeah. You were, you're, you I don't know, think so. All right. It's this little bald kid show. Oh. I think I know what you're talking about. I thought he was talking about Kaiba for a second. I was like, no, no, Kaiba. Kaiba's entirely different. No. So, Ashley, you're unbroken now. Yes, I'm unbroken. All right. Well, why don't also, you... Also, while we're on the subject of anime, mm-hmm. you should all watch Shimagoto. What is it? Uh, you should all watch Shimagoto. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> what is... What is Shimagoto? It is a uh, trap okay. anime. Oh! Okay. The episodes are four minutes long, and it's very good. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) It has a 5.5 on IMDb. (laughs) It's pretty much uh, Trap Smut. Trap Smut. Good. Yeah. So I'll go watch that. In four minutes. Hey, you know. In four minutes, you can get all the Trap Smut you need. make, Make the first two shows of the socks maybe people sexy anime club that and then monster masume yeah there you go it'll That's... go over real well i'm sure all right guys let's show you this really cute anime i got <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um other than uh watching smutty anime miss ashley what else have you hey, been I, into? Haven't, I haven't watched that recently i'm just saying it while the topic was on point you just think other people should watch it yes because <laughs> it's hot. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. And she said she was going to keep her little kinks to herself. Look at you. You're set. You're settled right into the socks cast groove now. I'm not going into the other ones. I, I can for you if you'd like. Uh, no. No. Let's okay. let's move on. Okay. So, uh, what you been doing, Ashley? Um, as in what I've been playing. Yeah. What you been playing? I have been playing. Blanc plus Neptune versus zombies, and it's it's all right. Uh, Has anybody here played uh, Neptunia Action Unleashed? No, but it's coming to PC next year, so I will be playing it. <laughs> okay, it's not a particularly good game, Uh-oh. but but it was dumb enough, like gameplay wise. Where it just felt like relaxing to play because it was it was very very poorly made 
you know, it's, it's, well, it's, very it's idea factory. I mean, come on. <laughs> Actually, it's not idea factory. It's, oh, made, by, it's, it's made by Tamsoft. Oh, no. Well, so oh, is they, it? Oh, I know that name. That name is infamous. Oh, they, they make Santa Monica Gura. It, yeah. It plays, it plays a lot. Oh. Hey, I like Santa Monica Gura. They're actually really <laughs> good games. Especially the 3DS one. But anyway, I digress. So, it plays a podcast? lot. Like, what? On this podcast? What about this podcast? Oh, it was a joke. You said, I digress. It's like, nobody, <laughs> nobody digresses on this podcast. Are you kidding me? Well, anyway... Anyway, <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's really relaxing to play. Like it's it's a terrible it's a fucking terrible game. The enemies don't even like try to attack you. Like they just kind of <laughs> they just kind of prance around. So like not... an even more brain dead Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I would call it. But it it was fun because it was so brain dead <laughs> that I could just veg out. And play it while I, was, while I would Skype with Tiffy, and she would listen to the cutscenes. Because for the first and only time in Neptunia history, every single cutscene was voiced in the English dub. That never happens. And the writing was really, really good. Like Neptunia won writing good, which which is clever and charming and fun. Yes, the original Neptunia had probably the best writing in the series. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, to each their own. I like the re- I like the rebirth writing. I do too, but there's just something about the original Neptunia's writing that I really got into. But anyway, oh, so, I didn't realize we're talking about. I for, I always forget that there's stuff before the rebirth games. Oh, I won't get into that right now. But anyway, so uh, Blanc plus Neptune versus the zombies is pretty much. A refined version of Action Unleashed, and they made the enemies like extremely fucking aggressive, like mm. what the fuck kind of aggressive. Uh oh. Yeah, it's so it kind of <laughs> like ruined the whole point of you wanting to play that game. It didn't ruin it. Like it's still fun when you're fighting regular enemies, but when bosses spawn, oh god. Oh no. It's when a boss spawns it immediately just dropped to like the worst Neptunia game. Oh, like are they just like bullshitty bosses with like unavoidable attacks and stuff or it's bullshit with like they just like either stunlock you or interrupt your combos like you can only get like a two hit combo off before they just start like slamming you. Uh. And just the Okay, so since everybody in Neptunia is kind of, I guess, short, yeah, the camera does not compensate for this when you use the lock-on on a boss, which <laughs> oh, that's no. how you find out how much the enemy's HP is. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when you are locked onto a boss, <sighs> you can't see how much damage you're doing because the characters are too short and the damage numbers are popping up like on the Above, enemies yeah. Because the enemies are tall. Oh my god. So it just gets a little frustrating. <clears throat> and <clears throat> sometimes more than one boss will spawn and they'll just start like ganging up on you. There's gonna be one coming from behind, and it's just it just gets really annoying really fucking fast. 
Mm. <clears throat> and they have this new thing <clears throat> where you can equip uh, different kinds of programs to your weapons. Mm -hmm. And that's all well and good, you know. Each weapon has a certain amount of megabytes that you can equip with these programs. The only problem is after a couple missions, the programs decide to, I guess, I, I don't know the proper term, but it just, I'm just going to say they break because they, they unequip and they are not in your inventory anymore. Oh, great. And it gets, it gets really annoying to keep micromanaging all this equipment after every couple battles. And it's just like, dude, just let them stay there because I have to keep rebuying the same shit and going back into the equipment menu, and mind you, it's fucking Neptunia, so there's a shit ton of characters. Yeah. Like, they actually have every character, well, every major character, like, they don't have, like, the stuff like Red or anything like that. No makers. No Red, <laughs> no, no, ma no makers, but they have, like, all the CPUs, they have uh, Dengekiko and Famitsu from action unleashed mm -hmm. and they have a new character uh based on T tamsoft and she's actually my favorite character to play she's actually really fun and she's actually pretty like, her design's really nice like you might have seen her when i posted her on twitter probably yeah blue-haired girl yeah anyway <clears throat> so aside from that <clears throat> they actually have this thing where you can like assign points to each character like ability points to race stats mm -hmm. And the only two stats that are actually worth raising are defense, because holy shit, the enemies are aggressive and do a shit ton of damage, and the technique stat, which basically, <clears throat> the game starts you off with a three-hit combo, which already fucking sucks. The thing I liked about uh, Action Unleashed was, at least I think, I, I don't fucking remember, but I'm pretty sure it, it starts you with like most of the combos already unlocked. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that just adds to the whole... This game is relaxing. I can just stretch out. This game starts you off with a fucking three-hit combo. And after every fucking combo, <clears throat> is there like this fucking two-second of frames where you're just vulnerable. You can't move. You can't attack. It's just Ew. this fucking recovery time that's absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> and that seems to be like a complaint that everybody has. Like, why, they, why they haven't patched it out yet, I don't know. Mm. Because they've patched other things out, and they actually had to patch the game to make the difficulty lower because the game was that frustrating. Wow. And also with that patch, they broke uh, Plutia's, one of Plutia's hitboxes. Boo! <laughs> the first... <laughs> I, I haven't tried it out myself, but I've seen a lot of people on GameFAQs complaining, like, the first hit on, of Plutia's attack basically has, like, a non-existent hitbox, so you're not going to hit anything with it. <laughs> I, I'll have to test that later because I, I don't really play as Pudia. I play as Tamsoft and uh, Neptune because, you know, they're my waifus. Aww. <laughs> Pludia is Polly's waifu now. Pludia is my waifu now. She claimed me. I can't really, like, I can't back out. It's just like, yo, you're my property now. And I'm just like, well, that's, well that's, okay. <laughs> that's the attractive thing about Pludia. Exactly. Yes. But, um... <laughs> So, there's another thing they do with the storyline, actually. Basically, you can choose any character for any mission you want, so you can pretty much play favorites. Mm -hmm. But you're going to be missing out on the story if you do that, because certain missions will not have any cutscenes if you don't use certain oh, characters. Oh, that's so uh, stupid! 
And being fucking Neptunia with its million fucking characters. <laughs> like, how do you know? <laughs> Not only... Well, I think... I think it says it in the the gallery option. Oh. But Neptunia has a shit ton of characters. And the game's hard as it is. <clears throat> Who the fuck is going to grind all those characters? That's... Yeah, it's like the absolute worst of Japanese <laughs> game design right there. It's just like, here, grind a bunch of shit. It's like, it's, I look at it as kind of like the Disgaea problem. I don't mind grinding, but not <clears throat> extreme amounts. Like, I can deal with high amounts of grinding, like Shin Megami Tensei kind of grinding. Mm-hmm. But shit like this, I just I can't do it. It's just too much. It's tedious because, like like, like you said, like the, the, the chips and stuff that you put into your weapons keep breaking. So that's just like more shit. You have to go back, refix. It just makes the grinding even more tedious. Oh yeah. And there's only, I think five or six different maps to play in. What? Where action unleashed probably had like every single Neptunia (laughs) stage. Is the factory in there? Tell me there's a factory. (laughs) You still yeah, I think so. It I better be. It better be, goddammit. I love that factory. Can't get away from it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in there, but the, it had all the, the the standard Neptunia areas, plus new ones. Now, mind you, all the areas I've seen so far have been new, mm-hmm. but there's only like five or six of them, so <laughs> it's just kind of like... This game dude. sounds really bare bones. Uh, yeah, I've been reading a lot on GameFAQs, because... <clears throat> Generally, GameFAQs is a pretty okay place when it's all the importers chatting about a game. Yeah. And then when it comes out in the U.S., that's when all the shit happens. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're not wrong. So, <laughs> so a lot of the importers have been saying, like, you know, this game feels, like, really unfinished and just not... Hmm. Like a $20 kusoge. Uh, sure. <laughs> I know what that means. Crap game. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh... I wouldn't call it crap because it does have some redeeming qualities. Like, at its core, it is fun. It just is very, very, very flawed. And unbalanced as fuck. <laughs> you know, if they just fix the thing with the bosses, I could deal with all the other bullshit that the game does. Just fucking fix the bullshit with the bosses. <laughs> they, they added a, a block button, and I think they have a just counter system, mm-hmm. which is something that... Uh, I know you guys don't like the game, but I'll use it as an example because it's the only example that I could think of. It, it's pretty much uh, like the expansion for PSU had a just counter system. Yeah. Where basically, if you press the attack button, as soon as an enemy is about to attack you, you interrupt their attack and you, you hit them instead. Yeah. It's, they yeah, do that a number in of games too. with that kind of system. Yeah. yeah. It's, just the, it's just the first one that I could think of at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I'd never fucking use that feature because fuck Street that. Fighter Three. I was trying to think of the one that I had played that did that. Mm. So they have that, but you know, most games when you're when you can activate a block, usually the game lets you interrupt an animation you're in. Yeah. Yeah. This game doesn't fucking let you do that. Mm. It makes you finish the animation. And that causes some serious problems when you're at fighting against it a very aggressive boss. Yeah, bosses who seem to already have priority over your attack animations. So when your yep. when your other animations are are taking priority over your block animation, you've kind of got a really bad balance going on there. 
yeah, so it it kind of makes the blocking mostly useless. I mean, it, it has saved me in a couple occasions, but <laughs> not really. And one of the things that this game does differently from Action Unleashed <laughs> is that in Action Unleashed, the only way to heal was when enemies would drop healing items that just... It basically, like, ease Oath and Felgana. Yeah. Enemies, uh, not enemies, uh, health restoration. This game lets you use health items, mm. but it's kind of pointless because it's one of those games where, okay, I'm going to use a health item, and as I'm using the health item, bam! Got hit anyway. <laughs> yep. So it it cancels that, like, half of your fucking heal, so it's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, what's the fucking point of this? <laughs> <laughs> what did you did you like that? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this game does have one very big redeeming quality, though. Mm. It has online multiplayer. Wow, what's that that's, like? That's what I thought the uh, big selling point of this was over <laughs> Action Unleashed. Mm. <clears throat> that it is the big selling point over it. I haven't actually played the multiplayer <laughs> online. I've played it offline because you can still do those quests. Yeah. And it's actually the only way to fight the old Neptunia enemies, because all the enemies that you fight in the main game are all new. Oh, boo. Well, well, I wouldn't say they're all new. They're just zombified versions of the regular Neptunia enemies. Zombie doggoo. <laughs> yeah, there's, they have those. <laughs> they also have the zombie Pac-Man uh, ghost, but he's got a little witch hat on how does a How does a ghost turn into a zombie? <laughs> that's just... That's, uh, that doesn't make no sense. I don't know. Ask Idea Factory. They're the ones that make dumb shit. Idea Factory, you're being you're just being silly now. That's gonna be the Undertale DLC, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Is but, it better zombies and better ghosts than Toho? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really familiar with Toho. Okay. I, sorry, I just remember that Polly really liked the zombie in Toho. Yeah, the zombie girl is really adorable. Mm-hmm. Aw, do you want her to eat your brains? Yes. Aw. She can eat my. She <laughs> can eat. Is Chicken that how you get your jollies? That's how I get my jollies. You have my brain. <laughs> Just eat my brain. That's all it takes. It's like it's so, like it's like I'm gonna eat you out. I hope you're talking about my brain. <laughs> <laughs> so the multiplayer itself seems like it's good, but I don't think it's going to have much longevity because it's such a niche the, game as it is. Not just that; it's just all the game's shortcomings, like. The, the fucking uh, Santa Monica Gora for the the Vita has multiplayer, and that has a lot more refinement to it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more fun, and I, I think you can. Comp- Actually, I don't. I don't know. I never play the multiplayer in that either because I never fucking play the multiplayer in games. <laughs> but I think you can actually fight like other players too, or fight with them. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just a better game overall. Like it's it's a it's a fairly competent <laughs> Dynasty Warriors kind of game. Right. Right. But and I like Dynasty. This, I like Dynasty Warriors. So I have no problem with that. I was just agreeing with you. No, no, no I know. But this this game is just kind of like I don't know. Like I have a love hate relationship with uh, Blanc plus Neptune. I guess mm-hmm. it's not bad. It's not bad, and I will buy it again in English because you know I'm fucking faggot like that. <laughs> You're a supporter. <laughs> I, I love Neptune. Yeah. Even though I haven't played Producing Perfection yet, which I will one day. I probably will skip Producing Perfection. <laughs> Not my thing. From what I've been told, you can beat Producing Perfection in an hour. Like 
in like what? Uh, like four or five hours. It's I've heard an hour. Maybe I've heard there is just not much to it at all. Oh, well, there's not much to this either. Like, from what I've been hearing on Game Facts, it's like like five hours for the story. But I kind of feel like it, I kind of feel like I've had a lot more playtime than that than five hours. But because you're I, grinding, I maybe. But I've also played the offline missions too. Because gotcha. I've been trying to level up because fucking Christ, these fucking bosses <laughs> are horrible. But this, is a, this, this is a game I would have dropped ages ago. <laughs> Do you think the online, the like, the bosses are hard because of the online multiplayer stuff? Like, it'd be oh. easier if you had four people in there to distract it. Well, the thing is, the story mode and the online mode are two separate beasts. Oh, you can't, you can't play the story fuck. mode multiplayer. Oh, so oh, see, I was thinking that was going to be the compensation was that maybe everything's just scaled for online, but oh no, it's just badly designed. It's yeah, it's it's That's, just poor designed. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there's the story mode on the title screen, and then there's multiplayer under it. Oh, that's that's really silly. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just there's just something about the game that just feels I don't know. I think I don't know. When you when you think about it, this game came out, and a month later, Neptunia vs Sega Hard Girls was out. Yeah, that's too. I mean, I know it's the. I know it's co-developed by Tamsoft, mm-hmm. and I I know Tamsoft can fucking do better because the fucking Cinematic Kagura games were actually pretty damn competent and really fun. Mm-hmm. And Action Unleashed wasn't too bad, but I don't know. I maybe they rushed this game because Tamsoft has been working on uh, Valkyrie Drive for Vita, which looks pretty awesome, but. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. It's just, it it's definitely disappointing, in the long run. Do you have any quickie opinions on Hyper Devotion Noir? I haven't played it yet. I, I haven't played it. But I haven't played. It. Yeah, because that's no, coming out, and I'm just I'm kind of eager to play that because it's it's gotcha. something different, you know, like which is nice. Yeah, it's the one with the male protagonist, right? I think so. Yeah, okay. yeah just, that's what that's what's what stuck wait, what? out with me about that. It's got a male protagonist, and you're basically making a harem of video game girls, basically. Wait, in Hyper Devotion Noir? Yeah, that's the, the conceit for that game, is you're, a, like, a general, and you're basically recruiting a harem of gotcha. girls. <laughs> it's just Really? I, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was all about uh, Noir getting tricked by R4 into giving up all her shares, and she has to go on like a journey to get all her. Well, yeah, back. that's that's the story, but she's depending on a male because she can't do it herself. Oh, okay. It's well, whatever. Um, <laughs> isn't isn't there like a kissing system in that? <laughs> yeah, there's a kissing system at least. Yeah, you can kiss the girl. Next yeah, to you. but it is smoochies. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can have all your little nep nep smooch each other. You have your own little yuri pieces of art. <laughs> but uh I haven't played it yet because I don't really like strategy RPGs. I only like the only two I ever actually there's three I liked. Mm-hmm. The original Final Fantasy Tactics for Such a good game. That's it's the a one fucking I amazing play. game. Uh Lapusel Tactics for PS2 It's all right. The story kept me going. Good point. I don't really I didn't really like the gameplay, but the story was fun. Yeah. And the other one was Stella Deuce for PS2 which yeah, it's alright. It's, so it's, it's probably fine if I play Final Fantasy Tactics even before 
eight and nine, right? I would. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I'll probably go ahead. In fact, you probably don't have to play eight at all. Yeah, you can just skip play nine because nine is the best one. You can you can skip that eight garbage. Austin, yeah. Austin described Austin described Final Fantasy Nine as being like just where the intersections of mine and his interests. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Final Fantasy Nine is absolutely special and just wonderful. Everything about that game is just wonderful. It's like one it's of really awesome. pretty. I think it's probably one think of this... my favorite games just in general. It's just there's just something about it that's just just so lighthearted, but also it gets fairly deep at the end of the third disc and it's just there's just something about that game that's really special maybe it's because it came out at the time when i was graduating eighth grade mm-hmm. going into high school so mm-hmm. actually it was before high school but definitely not um, a lot of people swear by it which is cool it's just like something special and when i really oh, really deeply when i look back on it it just it has this warmth for me like that not many games have. It's just, it makes me feel. It makes me feel good. Gives me like it gives me those Super Metroid willies. <laughs> <laughs> it has Polly's favorite character with Quina. Oh no, no that's, that's, that's Chelsea's. Yeah, baby. that's Chelsea's oh, bay. Chelsea, right? That's Chelsea's bay. <laughs> that was a really nice way to describe that game. It made me feel really nice. Aww. <laughs> you give John, John feels. The nice thing about it too is it plays homage. To every single Final Fantasy in one way or another that came before it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's a really special game to me. So other than Blank, Blanc plus oh, Neptune versus Disappointing one. Zombies. I'm sorry. I have one more question, sorry. Sure. Uh, would you say Neptune and Blanc versus the Zombies gets a 53 out of 96? <laughs> I don't understand. Joke. Five, three, nine, six. Uh, oh, you're slow. <laughs> Sorry. If you don't say it like fifty-three, ninety-six, I'm not gonna get it. If you put the slash there, I'm not gonna get it unless it's in text. If you say it out loud, I'm not going to get it. You try. You tried, Rhett. You tried, Rhett. But this one, somebody, she's somebody just too. To do it. She's just too dumb for you. You're dumb. Yeah. Okay. You're okay. Not get my own joke that originated and everybody's been using for a year. <laughs> I'm Ashley. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna break her You're again. A fucking bitch. <laughs> so I hear you've been playing another game. I have been. I've been playing Tales of Exilia too. I just got the first one for ten bucks, brand new. Am I in for a good time? Um, I personally think so. Like. A lot of people find it like feel that it is rushed, and I can understand that from an overworld's perspective. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, just everything else I thought was really good. The battle system was really fucking good. I personally really enjoyed the story. I don't know about everyone else. I I hear people talking about like there's a lot of dropped plot points and stuff, but I guess maybe I'm just too dumb to notice them or something. I don't know. But uh, anyway, so Tales of Exilia too. I just actually finished it the other night. Oh, really? Ho- Holy fucking shit. Did that game make me feel something? Uh-oh. <laughs> Aw. Yeah, the ending made me cry. Aw. Nice. <laughs> a game has not made me cry in a very long time. And chapter 15 
and 16, which is the last one. Mm-hmm. They fucking just... They go for it. They let it roll. <laughs> but the game has not made me cry <laughs> in like... 20 minutes. 45 minutes. <laughs> John cries over everything. It's okay. I cry over everything, too. I'm a fucking baby, so... <laughs> literally. Yeah, literally. Hey, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so... Since all the characters were developed in the first game, the main story focuses on only, I want to say, three characters. Mm-hmm. And two of them are brothers. And they focus pretty heavily on the whole uh, relationship be- like between brothers. Like, you know, just, just the way that they've interacted throughout their whole life. And now things that are happening that there's like, I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it really good, but it was just very heartfelt and definitely pulled at the plot uh, strings, fucking uh, emotional strings. And there's just a lot of like, really, really cool plot twists in the game that kind of just make you go like, holy shit. <laughs> it, it was very, very dark for a Tales of game. Yeah, I remember you cool. talking about going into chapter 12 or something. Uh, or the end of chapter 12. It was something like that. And I remember you said, like, you and Chelsea going back and forth ever, like, whoa, this shit got real. Uh, yeah, I won't do spoilers, but it was pretty fucked up. Uh, speaking of Chelsea, she sent me a text just now, um, and I have to read it. Uh, okay. And now the part of the party where all the drunk people attempt dancing. Hi, Soxcast! Hi, Chelsea. Okay. Oh, she actually sent you a text. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a joke where you're like, my farts smell. <laughs> why, would I, why would I do that, Rhett? You act, I don't know. You act like I'm immature. Hold on. I can prove that you're immature. <laughs> I, think she's, I think she's good, actually. Let's see what we've got. Okay, this is, this is the text message from Polly yesterday at 6.53 p.m. Are you still down for Soxcast tomorrow night, Fartface? How goes the schooling? Fartface is the pet name I gave her. And Why? She, and she loves it. <laughs> I No, I don't. You do? That's not what you said in this text I read right here. Hold on. Let me get my phone. Read it so everyone can know. Okay. Uh, it, says, <laughs> it says, Oh, baby, I love it when you call me Fartface. Teehee. <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty damning. There. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Here's what does that sound? <laughs> that's my phone unlocking. Uh, okay. Here's a text message from Saturday, November twenty eighth, at ten thirteen p.m. John, go pee. There's nothing good happening <laughs> here. Fart, poop, butt, butt, fart, 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 poop, poop. And I'm not joking. <laughs> That is literally a text message that she sent me. That's actually a text I sent. I'll own that one. <laughs> Did we just break Rhett? Is Rhett broken now? <laughs> I didn't know the human being could make that kind of sound. It fucking sounds like the fucking dog I'm fine, I'm fine. one show. I, that's an actual text I sent. I'll own that one. You two are something else. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think our streams have already proved that. <laughs> oh, man. So, Exilia, too, huh? It's really fucking good. 
<laughs> the only... <laughs> wow, okay, I guess I'm not going to continue speaking about No, please issues. continue. So, since it, the main story mostly focuses on these three characters, they have side stories mm-hmm. that you can do in between chapters where it basically further develops the, char- the, the old characters. and They do a lot of interesting stuff because the game involves like different dimensions and stuff. Mm. And it allows for a lot of like closure between characters that died in the first Exilia. And Spoilers! <laughs> I'm not speaking... I'm not meaning any names. I'm just saying it allows for some good co- closure between characters, the main characters and characters that may have died in the first Exilia. Mm-hmm. Where it's just kind of like they died on bad terms, so they get they get better closure, I guess. That's cool. That's nice. Yeah, it's it's a really like good plot. Except there's one thing about the game that I do not like, and that is at the very beginning of the game, the main character gets a medical bill for 19 million gold. Right. <laughs> And the game forces you to pay off some of that debt throughout the entire game. And it pretty <laughs> much becomes a point where, okay, you want to you wanna progress to chapter two? Oh, no. You better fucking pay this amount of money. That's really stupid. <laughs> and much like real-life debt collectors, they constantly fucking call you. As, oh, my God, that's so stupid. <laughs> what a fact, fun thing to put in a game. <laughs> In fact, you might remember my tweet, and I'm going to try to pull it up right now. Uh, I thought you I, weren't allowed on Twitter. <laughs> I'm using this I, as evidence, you know. I'm just going to my profile. That sounds like, that sounds like the premise of like an experimental, dreary indie game that wins a bunch of awards at the end of the year. And <laughs> yeah, like... and not like a, a Japanese RPG. It's like, you are, you are in debt. You are being hounded by the debt collectors. <laughs> Racketeer actually starts that way too. Yeah, yeah. But Racketeer is yeah. charming and adorable, and you can totally. Oh, fail. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing does that too. Oh so yeah. Actually, it's a totally Japanese RPG thing. Okay. It's like, hey, dead simulator, but cute. Okay, so there's this one part. Basically, every time they call you, this one girl no named Nova is on basically the phone asking for money and she always calls you in very obnoxious ways like just interrupt the gameplay dun 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 payment due i kind of like that it's annoying about it no it gets really annoying especially when you're just running around and then it it just the screen for the debt payment pops up it'd be great if it happened in the middle of a boss fight just dun 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 (laughs) (laughs) no and sometimes like she'll just say all these different phrases and i actually made a tweet on on Twitter that says dun 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 payment due just call me agent and shut up Nova. Oh man, it's so... <laughs> it just it, it just really fucking annoys me. Like that sounds like the kind of thing that's either terrible or amazing. <laughs> is how oh, I hear it. What I'm hearing. I think like, it could have been amazing if they had like actual comedic timing with it instead of it sounds random. Yeah, it sounds it's, like uh, it's just kind of like locking and like locking you out of a chapter until you pay a certain amount of gold. I yeah. Mean, mind you, they give you a shit ton of money, so it's usually not a problem. Mm-hmm. But the game also puts a cap on how much gold you can have before they force you to pay off some kind of money. And, you know, you can say all right, well, I'm just going to give you one gold, and then the screen goes away. <laughs> Next screen, it pops back up. 
it wants you to pay a specific amount until the cap that you've reached oh. is met its quota. It, it's just thing. it is dumb because you know I'd have so much fucking money, and I'm like, okay, well, I can just start the next chapter once this chapter's over. Nope, because I have too much money, so the game doesn't like that, and it just it gets annoying. Yeah, but that's... I mean, it, it wasn't as intrusive as I thought it was going to be. They only make you pay off like somewhere between like one and two million gold, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really not hard to make money. Like they give you fucking shit ton of money. Like one job will give you like fucking thirty eight thousand gold. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just like I said, that sounds think... like the kind of thing that's either. Ba- I was starting off like this sounds like the kind of thing that's either bad or amazing. Now I'm just kind of like this is definitely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just bet- having between having to restock on items all the time because Tales games only let you hold fifteen. So whatever you find in the a while is like, oh, you got fifteen. Well, you just, just fucking stay in there because you're not taking it. So between restocking healing items all the time and buying new weapons and armor every fucking chapter, it's like, oh, well, there goes my debt payment. Now I have to go do some jobs so I can make enough money to pay off my debt so I can start the next chapter. Boy, these these are these JRPGs get more and more like real life every day. <laughs> the game has a lot of nice qualities to it too, though. Like, uh... Oh yeah, I've seen like some of the stuff you've been posting for it. It's like I want to play that, and then I just randomly <laughs> happened across a brand new copy of the first game for ten bucks. So I thought, ah, I might as well you know give that a go. <laughs> so the main character is a mostly silent protagonist. He does speak a few lines, mm-hmm. like he just says like, yeah. Damn. Poop. Uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> what? the game actually gives you like a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. And actually like during cutscenes, the cutscene will just like freeze and it'll give you dialogue options. <laughs> which I thought was really nice. It added a nice t- personal touch to it. Mm-hmm. And most of the the dialogue options don't affect like the actual outcome of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they affect like the affinity points that you'll have between your party members. Yeah. I mean, there are choices at the end of the game that actually do make the difference on the ending you get. But I don't know. It just felt it just felt nice and involved, I guess, cuz I felt like I was actually saying the things that he was saying. Like, yeah. It just it worked out really well. Like I I I like that stuff. Yeah. It's not a thing that JRPGs do a lot. Yeah. And even, like, when they do it, they don't do it... <laughs> well... Like, I want... I guess I'll use, like, Persona as an answer. Like, the options they give you are just kind of, like... You know, just not nothing, like, really that special. Nothing super committal. Just very basic and vague. Yeah. <laughs> and, like I said, this guy's not fully silent. He does speak, even though it's usually, like, one to two liners. Yeah. But... Actually, one of the things that I wish they did, I wish they kind of went, like, the Bioware route, where the character actually says the choice that you pick. Yeah, yeah. That would be really nice. I think that would have added a lot to it, but it's not the end of the world if they don't. It'd just be really nice if they did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But the entire game as a whole is really good. Even though the main character may be silent, the actual development between the relationship of him and his brother... And him and the little girl that he's protecting throughout the entire game mm-hmm. was really like fucking good, and both 
those relationships made me cry <laughs> by the end of the game. It's really like it was just really well done. I, I definitely think it might be my actual favorite tale story now. Wow. And just for the record, before that, my favorite tale story was Tales of Rebirth, which never came out here, but it's a really good story. Cool. Cool. Yeah, those games are so such a big thing. I think Symphonia is coming out on Steam next year. Yep. I still need to um, play Symphonia. You've not played Symphonia? I have not played Symphonia. <laughs> that game's really, really good. How do you play all the Tales games and not play Symphonia? I haven't played all the Tales games. <clears throat> okay, to be fair, before Tales of Graces came out, I had only played the Tales games that never came out of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Tales of Destiny and Tales of Eternity. I had played those, but I never played any of the PS2 ones. I never played... Uh, Symphonia. I've played most of them now, but I, I, I still have to play Symphonia. I have to play Symphonia, Dawn of the New World, even though I know that's not a very good game. Yeah. But the main, the main character yeah. is just too fucking high. He's like my fucking, like, uh -oh. Tails hubby. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> but the, giant big, also... <laughs> the giant big JRPG series like that, it's kind of hard for me to work up any enthusiasm to get into them, especially since the games themselves are so long, unless I can get, like, Oh, Tales games. Tales games are long. They're yeah. always like fifty-hour experience. Yeah. yeah. But and I really I have... loved Symphonia back in the day. Mm -hmm. game was so really I'll probably play Symphonia, and then that's the kind of one where, if it maybe it'll punch me in the face and be like, "You need to go play more of these now." Uh, Eternia. Eternia is super goddamn good too. Cool. Eternia's cool, cool. all. is all right. Like, you know. It's not. It's nothing special to me, but I did like the characters, and I did. I did enjoy the overall experience, mm -hmm. except for one fucking dungeon when you're fucking going to fight Ifrit, mm -hmm. and you're stuck in that little bubble that has a certain amount of HP. Yeah, yeah. So that that I remember that annoyed the shit out of me. But oh, and the final boss battle because you have to you have to perform like a certain kind of. It's basically a quick time event before quick time event, yeah. and they didn't have the fucking button prompts on the screen. Yeah. And if, if you don't do it correctly, I think you died. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, but it's still a good game. It's definitely one of the Tales games that seems to be forgotten by most Tales fans. Mm. There's another Tales game that most Tales, most Tales fans have forgotten about, too. Tales mm. of Legendia. Oh, wow, yeah. I remember buying that and thinking, holy <laughs> shit, this is boring! <laughs> I, I remember pirating it and saying, holy shit, this game fucking sucks. It's goddamn awful. I have the Abyss on um, 3DS because the person I bought it. That got game the 3DS is really from. fucking good. Yeah, like, Tales really, of the Abyss really is good. good. It's got a okay. hell of a cliche opening with like the whole amnesia bullcrap. Okay. Oh, actually, while we're on the subject of the Abyss, <clears throat> if you do play it, do not be thrown off by the, how much of an asshole the main character is. Yeah, at the yeah. He goes through quite the transformation, though. He actually becomes a very likable and a very good character. Yeah, it's kind okay. of like... Uh, I, I compare him to, like, Ryudo in uh, Grandia 2, who starts off as just just as completely unlikable oh, yeah. douchebag. Really, I love him. I love that about him in the, in the beginning. Well, I mean, I think that... He's not a character most people would relate to. He's just so like, man, I hate girls and God. I'm so edgy. It's like, okay, <laughs> I man. I think that's why I like them. <laughs> oh, man, and, and I get that sentiment, but it's just like, I think that, like, they kind of, sh like, dull a little of that edge by the end. He doesn't lose the personality, 
but it's not so like, wow, you are teenage edgelord. <laughs> There's actually one quote for, from that from the beginning of that game that he says that is fucking amazing, and I'm going to see if I can find it because it is absolutely worth sharing. If you can, guys, guys, you're talking, you got there. I can't speak. Tickle blah 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 blah. Are you telling us to talk amongst ourselves? While you uh, find the quote. I am... So, Red, how's stop, your dick feeling right now? What? How's your dick feeling right now? Right now. Is not you... feeling it right now. You're not really feeling it right now. <laughs> well, do me a favor and feel your dick. Tell no. me tell me no, what we're, it... we're good. Well, I need you to tell me what it feels like. Zoned out for like 30 seconds, <laughs> and then I come, my brain comes back. Oh, and... dear. Okay, I found it. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, hey, princess, the power of darkness isn't coming this way to tell us about the neighborhood bake sale. We need to leave. Yes. I miss, I, I really miss writing like that. See, I like that aspect of his personality. Like, I thought those were funny when he's just being a, a, a dick for comedic effect. When it's just like, oh, I hate girls. It's like, dude, stop being an edgelord. <laughs> Come on. You're not eight years old. <laughs> You don't get to say, I don't like girls, and not sound like an eight-year-old. But we have cooties. <laughs> exactly. I see being a big loaf. <laughs> a big Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser big Olaf is. Gigantic sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I never actually got to get to know him, but I've heard stories. He's a gigantic piece of shit. Like, <laughs> he's like there's this bag on top of a mountain, and... You think that it's a bag on top of a mountain, but it's actually just a big bag that is a bag of shit, and it looks like a mountain. And that's him. Oh, that is not a mountain I want to climb. No, don't do that. No no girl <laughs> wants to climb that mountain, believe me. <laughs> I've noticed. I used to fall when I had a tumbler. I'm a desperate, lonely, nice guy. <laughs> so is that all you've been into, Ashley? Um... Besides farting a lot, I mean. <laughs> See? Well, I tell you. Uh, I started playing Final Fantasy X HD on the PS4 last night because I'm waiting for my copy of Xenoblade Cross to ship because Amazon's fucking taking their sweet time and they still haven't fucking shipped it yet. Yeah, I guess that they got overwhelmed with orders and they're still but trying I, I to I ordered it up. like a minute after they fucking announced it was available. <laughs> I don't know how they dole out their orders either. Like, I think it's, like, just based on uh, territory by territory and, like, shipments from certain warehouses. Oh. So. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm anxiously waiting for them to ship it because, fuck, I want to play it. So yeah, I think we all do. I'm, I'm glad it's not a GameStop exclusive this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's Give a it Wii a U exclusive, though. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah. I think it'll do well for what? Oh yeah, like, for a uh, Wii U game. For a yeah. Wii U game. Hey, Splatoon did really well, so this yeah, this good too. Shooter of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. That, I thought that was actually really fucking funny. It was. <laughs> Wonder how many tears were cried that day. We we gotta stop the people who did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny seeing the lineup of the, like Modern Warf or whatever. Call of Duty it was. Black Ops 3. God, Ops get with 3. the times. Modern yeah. Warfare 3 was like fucking like two or three years ago. Call of Duty, like <laughs> Destiny, and what's the other big shooter? I forget. Uh, but like Halo all 5. these 
Halo Five. So like those three kind of all look in there, and then Splatoon just color. Hey, and you're nice. even give a shit about Halo Five because I didn't hear anybody talking about Halo Five at all. Yeah, yeah, it really it, seemed yeah, to come either. That's out. Like, yeah, like, it's I out. Hear, yeah. Like, I hear <laughs> yeah. about Destiny all the time. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I, that game I has, have not has heard has a like damn. I life. haven't heard a damn thing about Halo Five. So, I guess when did was Destiny twenty fourteen? Yeah, Destiny yeah, the, the new expansion came out this year. This year. Yeah, apparently it makes the game good now. Yeah, from what I'm told. <laughs> yeah, it's ambition of the Illuminus. For yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about now? You oh, yeah. playing Final Fantasy ten? <laughs> That's oh, yeah. right. <laughs> so. I bought the, I bought the PS4 version because fuck the remastered soundtrack it's fucking horrible. Yeah, it's not very good. There's a couple songs that stand out actually that what are What do they do to the remastered soundtrack? It's it's horrible. It's yeah, not. It's just it's, not. The entire good. soundtrack was remixed and it's not. They, they okay, so they changed all the music. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Some of them are good. Some of them are on par with the original, mm-hmm. and some of them are just goddamn awful. Yeah. Mm. So I bought the PS4 version because it gives the option to use the original soundtrack. Yeah. And I've had it for a couple months, but I hadn't played it because I don't know if you guys know about the two major glitches that the game launched with. Uh-oh. The first one being not so terrible, which was actually a glitch with the music. Mm-hmm. Every time you would get into a random battle, the music would restart. Like after the battle was over. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember how frequent the encounter rate was. Yeah, the encounter rate in 10 is pretty high. Yeah. That's that's so, a bad thing. Yeah. Like, so they, fig- they figured that out back in Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. When they started, like, having the music continue from where it left off instead of from the very first notes every single time. Yeah, so you, you would never hear beyond, like, six seconds of the song. Yeah. So that's fixed now, thankfully. Good. Good. And the other glitch, oh boy, this is a big one. I'm betting save files are gone over it. Uh, no, this is something that has nothing to do with save files. This is something that has to do with the game pretty much not being worth playing over. Mm. The RNG was completely broken. So that means when you hit new game, everything that will be is already predetermined. Even if you reload your save file, you'll get into the same random battle at the same point, do the same damage. Oh, wow. Same attacks. They will always drop the same drops. So that basically means if a boss drops a rare item and you didn't get it on your first try because the RNG is broken, you're never getting it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that that's a pretty big thing. Yeah, that's a very essential part of any RPG is its RNG seeding. <clears throat> yeah. That's fixed now, too. So now now that those two things are fixed, the game's actually fucking playable. Gotcha. So I've just been doodling around with that. And cool. I, I chose the Expert Sphere Grid this time because cool. it, has, it has list locks on it. That's awesome. And Lord knows, getting fucking level four locks is a fucking pain in the ass. Oh god, yes it is. Final Fantasy X has has the Sox cast stamp of approval, right? I like it. 
I think I think we basically all kind of basically like it. I don't think I, Brett, I don't think I, Brett's played it, but we'll say he likes it anyway. I've never I played it. Much... No stamp. Oh I damn! I don't really have a problem with any of the mainline Final Fantasies. There's ones that I like considerably less, like twelve and eleven, and the first thirteen. I still like. But, what? I still like the first thirteen. I do too, but. Mm-hmm. I 12, just, 12 has so many things about it that I'd really like. I just, not enough that I want to play a 50 hour RPG. You know, 12 for me, I I didn't enjoy it. But I, I played through the entire thing just to see it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't enjoy it. But I respect it a lot. Because I, I just think it's a really well designed game. Mm-hmm. I think they should have had all the gambits available from the start. Mm, and yeah. I really, I really I think if they'd done that, that then I would have played the hell out of that game. <clears throat> I, I think there wanna... might be a um, game genie code to do that. I think I looked it up, and then I was like, if I could unlock the all the gambits from the start, maybe that game would be really awesome for me. Actually, does that it's make a... sense? Yeah, it's a game that I really, really, really want to give like a second chance. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting for them to announce the inevitable HD remaster because if once they announce that, I know that it's going to come with the uh, international Zodiac job system. Yeah. Which is what basically, changes do that make? Uh, basically, uh, there's this thing called the license board in the game, which basically is how you unlock your skills and stuff like that. Oh, that was the other dumb thing. <laughs> yeah. But this version of it. it, it actually has specific license boards that you can lock your characters into, like Black Mage license board and White Mage license board. So it makes finding each ability, like each kind of job class's ability... More rewarding. Yes. And actually, it just makes it easier to find them. Because okay. that, that license grid was kind of big, and it's like, okay, well, where the fuck am I supposed to go if I want, like, cure spells? Or where am I supposed to go if I want fire spells yeah yeah the only thing is once you once you pick a job class for that for a character they're going to be locked into that yeah which i'm i'm fine with i just i want something like that like just some kind of like guidance Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm waiting for them to announce the inevitable hd remaster because you know they're gonna do it people want it people want it really bad and FF12 is a fucking gorgeous game. It's still really good looking. Like the character models are really fucking good. Yeah, it's all right. <clears throat> I, I think I think I think it aged really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mind you, I, I think FF10 aged really well, except for the animations. But oh, yeah. oh yeah. But everything else about FF10 aged really well, like the environments. But anyway, you know, I re- once that gets announced and it comes out. I will absolutely give that game a second chance because I think it's something that I would actually really enjoy now. Cool. All right. Um, so switching things up even more. I'm going to go next. Oh, my God. God damn it. Nah, sorry, Rhett. You're taking the tail. Now I have to time. listen to you speak for an hour. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You're going to have to sit there and take it. Just like I listened to John blabber <laughs> on about fuck all nothing for an hour. And then you <laughs> blabbered on about what the fuck ever. I wasn't even paying attention half the time. All I heard was blah. Yeah. Yeah, you're the one that was asking me all the questions. I didn't mm-hmm. ask a single question. I think everybody just skips ahead to find the um, skips ahead to the poly sections of the podcast. 
I'll skip ahead to the poly sections of the podcast so I know which ones to ignore. <laughs> I just got like, I scanned for her voice print, and then it's just like, boom, all I've got to do is highlight all of that, plus delete, boom, no more polycast. <laughs> Which is really weird when she's talking to people, because then all you hear is one side of a conversation. Scan for her voice print. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, isolate, the, isolate the audio. So, so, so speaking of futuristic technology, how's that for a sagui? Huh? Futuristic nice. technology. Uh, I, played a little game, I played a little game called Read Only Memories. Uh, this is... Uh, this is that. This is exactly that. Um... <laughs> Uh, it's E by uh, Midboss Games, which I think they're the uh, organizers of Gamer X, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't, I didn't pay much attention. I just know that their logo popped up every time. So, um, uh, but anyway, this is a heavily uh, inspired by Snatcher um, and uh, Police Knots uh, game. Uh, it's like kind of a uh, an adventure adventure game slash visual novel uh, with a lot of really just super gorgeous pixel art um, and great writing. It takes place in a little sci-fi setting where um, you wake up one morning and like there's this weird robot in your room and you're like, "How'd you get here?" And they're like, oh, "Well, all the locks you have suck, so I just came in." <laughs> you're like, "Well, okay, that's great." Um, but then they go on to explain that, like, they're in the middle of trying to solve, um, the mystery of who murdered their creator. Um, and, and, and since you're an investigative journalist and you were a friend of, um, the robot's creator, you know, they, like, you were the first person that came up in their database to come and talk to. So they broke into your apartment and were like, hey, let's go be detective buddies. Um, and, like, the, the game kind of, like, goes crazy from there like it's got a really great little winding story that kind of wraps around itself a few times and you know it's typical sci-fi fashion where you start out one way but there's going to be a conspiracy of some sort somewhere um uh and i don't think that it actually goes where you think it's going to go either um but um what i think is really fascinating about the game is that it's got such a really great sense of place like it's a sci-fi world it's the kind of sci-fi world that i eat the fuck up because it's just like i want to go to there right now um uh, with just the way everything's presented the writing is just like really it's some of the smoothest most conversational writing i think i've seen in a game in a while like just the way that you interact with other characters and the way that um, everything gets narrated. It's just really casually conversational in a way that, like, I think a lot of games try and go for, and they kind of end up, like, sounding like they're really trying to do that instead of actually accomplishing that task. Um, but, um, I mean, there's just not, like, a lot to it gameplay-wise. There's no, like, combining items or things. Uh, it's just like, it's just like find items, you know, you use them in very obvious places. Or you use them in obvious places that you think are really obvious, and then the game has a good little laugh at you because, ah, you thought that'd be clever to use there. You thought you were being clever, but nope, that's <laughs> not the answer. And it, it, it has a little joke at your expense uh, every now and again. There's a really funny achievement. Um where you've got these headphones you get at the first of a game, and a guy's looking for a word that rhymes, uh, you know, like, 
he's trying to rhyme words and you think the word's going to be headphones. And, and so you like, that's what you present him with. And he's just like, nah, that's, that's not what I'm looking for. And like, you get an achievement that says you thought you were really clever. Yeah. We thought that'd be the answer too. Um, so the adventure game stuff is not that difficult. No, no, no. It's actually really, really simple. Um, uh, it's just, this is the kind of game you just kind of like let yourself get immersed in because the world's really fascinating and the characters like there's, there's not a character in this game. I dislike at all because they're all so well-written and they're just fun to interact with. And there are a lot of different ways. A lot of the conversations can go, um, you know, depending on how you want to handle certain situations. So like there's more than one way for certain things to play out. It seems, um, uh, but it's, you know, just, just getting to kind of soak up this world and enjoy it uh, and enjoy the characters and, like, where the plot goes. Uh, it's got a few different endings depending on uh, some hmm. things that you do in the final chapter, which they're not all that difficult to figure out. Um, there's a few puzzles in the game I thought were a little eh. Like, there's some navigation puzzles um, that involve you just kind of clicking arrows um, like, like if you can imagine trying to navigate a, a complex map in something like Shadowgate or something using that kind of interface, um, it's not very intuitively designed. Um, but they, uh, it, and it's got um, a, a couple of combat sections that are basically like, "Hey, this is Snatcher. Remember Snatcher? Remember how that played? This is totally Snatcher." Um, which is basically just like highlight a quadrant of the screen and click the action button a bunch to shoot basically is all it is um is it almost like mimicking a light gun or something yeah yeah it kind of mimics a light gun in a way um uh, but it's it's you know it's neither here nor there it's nothing that really like made me hate the game or anything like the navigation puzzle the the navigation puzzle is interesting because it's like like when you enter it it's completely randomized but oh. like, but if you get a bad layout, you can just do what I did and scum it up to where like I'll just reload my save, go in and generate it again. And like, oh hey, I'm only like 13 steps away from it now. <laughs> this is a lot easier to navigate. Um, and like, there's a final confrontation that's really cool. It's it's a uh, it's sort of a navigationally based puzzle as well. But there's a cool catch to it um, that they set up really well that I really enjoyed and had a good time with. Um, but man, that like. There's not a whole lot I dislike about read-only memories at all. It's just, like, top to bottom, it's just really solid, like, um, anime-inspired sci-fi nonsense that that I really enjoy. And, you know, obviously, it's the, the homages to Snatcher and Police Knots are just all over the place. Like, there are just some, like, direct quotes here and there from other things. Um it has a lot of fun with it, and uh, it, I'll be goddamn if Turing isn't the fucking character of the year because Turing is <laughs> is adorable. Cool. Um, and and I like that the game, uh, like like the game has a pretty good um, dose of uh, of inclusion as well. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of. Uh, you know, people make a, a big to do over games and inclusivity these days, and I think that mm-hmm. they're rightfully do so. And I think that, uh, to a degree, a lot of people have a point that it can like sometimes inclusivity can feel shoehorned in when characters are just spouting it out. Like I've seen some amateur works that 
kind of like, you know, you want to be super inclusive, but you're being so on the nose about it that it's just a little grating. But, uh-huh. uh, but this game has characters that are written in a way that like, yeah, there are characters of multiple sexualities and genders and stuff, but they don't make a big deal out of it. It's either, you know, like it's either just something you find out or it's just like yours to guess. And it's really also cool that since the game is in first person, like the game actually gives you a selection of like, you know, like what would you prefer, you know, me to refer to you as, you know, like you have a, you know, a a set of pronouns you would prefer me to use, or you can even just make up your own if you want. Um, and John, it even has the option for a gluten-free diet that the game (laughs) actually, the game actually keeps track of and only offers you gluten-free. What? That is so nice. (laughs) It's so dumb. Fuck this game. so funny. It's so that's, dumb. That's ridiculous. It's, that is it's, ridiculous it's and ridiculous. dumb and re- makes me yeah. feel really good. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous and dumb, and I think that it's ridiculous and dumb in the right way. It's can, just you, like, can you be a vegan? Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, you can be a vegan, vegetarian, uh, carnivore. Oh um, or... I expected you to say no, and then... <laughs> no, you totally can. I just think that that was really funny when it was like, what kind of diet do you prefer? Like, what? The game, like, we will tailor the rest of the game's uh, food-based decisions around this choice. I was like, well, okay, sure. Why not? More character customization than Fallout 4. Boom. That's the best inclusivity um, question at the beginning since Sabbat asked, are you okay with with violence towards animals? (laughs) (laughs) And if you say no, then there's no violence towards animals. And if you say yes, then you have to sacrifice five animals to do the... Demon summoning ritual, which turns you into a demon. Oh my! But it gives you the it gives you that nice option. It gives you it gives you an out. Gives you yes. an out. Um. So yeah, read only memories. I highly, highly recommend it. Um. Yeah, it's just really good. I had a great time just enjoying soaking up that entire world and those characters, and I really enjoyed where the story went. Uh, you know, I just couldn't be more happy with it. That was a good shit. About how long is it? Uh, it took me about eight hours. Cool. So I think that that's a pretty good... Uh... Yeah, it's not super long, but mm-hmm. it's meaty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got some meat to it. And there's, like I said, there's like a lot of incidental dialogue you can get and, and have a good chuckle at by just using items on everything. Like, I, you get an item called spoiled milk at the first at the start of the game. And like, I don't think there's anything you can ever do with it except other than use it for very funny interactions with things. Like, I don't think I should do that. Or like you go up to like a dead plant and attempt to pour the milk on it. It's like, I don't think it's getting any deader. (laughs) It is just like, it's just got this funny, (laughs) funny little moments like that with like, you know, just like how you can use items on things or, um, your character's very funny, very astute observations about their environment uh, can be really good. Like, I had a conversation with a truck, because, you know, why not? Well, fucking game of the year, then. There you go, game of the year. Boom. It's already settled. We don't even have to do the podcast next time, guys. Rest of the year off. <laughs> I'm just pitching dialogue options. Vroom, or vroom, vroom. I wish. <laughs> Instead the, tru- instead, the truck talks about how you don't talk to it much anymore and how it could use an oil change and what about some new tires. <laughs> it's uh, like a smart truck with a computer in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's weird. It's it's a cute game. I had a, I had a really great time. It's um, been on my radar for a while, and I'm really glad to hear you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Um, so, like, other than that, like, I've not really been um, checking out anything, I don't think, 
really new. Uh, I went back and I finally finished uh, the uh, true end of uh, Neptunia Rebirth 3. And man, that, that game's end story just really fucking goes for it in a way that like Rebirth 1 and 2 did not. Really? Even Rebirth 1? Like, I think even Rebirth 1's... Like, Man, because I really like the true ending in that one. I think the climax to that game is really, really good, but I think Rebirth 3's climax and the way that they set up um, the game's antagonist in a way... They get a lot more personified than I think hmm. anything in uh, Rebirth 1 or 2 did. Um, and they just really go for it, like, in terms of making the final stretch of the game feel really damn important. Um and I don't think that, like, the first two games really kind of climaxed in the same way. Yeah. Especially um, two is just really kind of breezy the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they lay, but Rebirth 3 just ramps it up and just <laughs> has a damn good time doing it. It tells its story. It's got, a, it's, got its own, sh- you know, fill of both, you know, really cute, funny moments, but it's also got... You know, there's there's some stuff at stake, you know, and the characters really feel like they believe in what they're fighting for. And like everybody's got a really just like a really nice end to their stories that I think works out really well. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that like I think they really just knocked it out of the park uh, with that game's ending. Cool. That's rad. It's cool to hear that that trilogy kind of wound down in a really nice way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, like, and like, I wasn't expecting, you know, like, this game to go as far into, you know, making their characters matter um, in, in the way that it did, you know. But it, it does a really good job of, you know, making the characters matter while still maintaining the fact that it is this very silly thing <laughs> that is still funny and absurd. But, hey, I can have emotions, too. So I heard, Polly, I heard you have a thing for Mr. Bad. No, I don't have a thing for Mr. Bad. Uh, our dear friend Samurai Karasu has a thing for Mr. Bad. He, oh, really? he is all <laughs> about Mr. Bad's USDA grade A titty meat. <laughs> His words, not mine. Wait, all was right. that said about a guy character? An old man. No, I think I think that he said it in reference to a girl character, but I'm sure that oh. we t- but I'm sure that we talked about Mr. Bad's grade A titty meat during that stream too, because that stream went off the rails. I figured you're talking about Iris Hart or somebody. I I think it, it was either that or um, one of the other characters that was on screen at the time. Uh, but yeah, it was just like somebody brought it up. In chat, like I think it was Raquel that said something like USDA grade A titty meat, and then like, <laughs> and then Samurai Karasu just said it in this really funny way. It was like USDA grade A titty meat. <laughs> just the way that he said it was perfect, and it just like that was the that was the theme for like the last forty five minutes oh of that God. stream. <laughs> that stream was nonsense. <laughs> Just what you don't even need to watch that stream. Just turn the audio on and listen to us go because it's it's fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. I've been been playing Rebirth three. I'm pretty close to the start, but that game is really you can tell right away they're putting way more care into the story. I -hmm. think than the other games. Like there's a prologue, and it's like two or three hours until you actually switch into the other dimension. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they establish the first dimension so that it matters when you go to the other one. Like, yeah. they have stakes right at the start. Mm-hmm. 
it's interesting. Like those games have been so weird so far. Yeah, yeah. I really like and and like I think that three goes like it latches on to its absurdity in ways that like the first two games didn't. <laughs> like you brought up this one moment that I absolutely loved was that like Neptune and Plutia go to another nation, not for any kind of business. They just want to go there so they can ask to take a nap. It's it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid, but it's so perfect because it fits those characters. Oh my god, they're they are too much together. Yeah, Plutia and um and um and Neptune, Neptune together. They're they're just so goddamn funny. <laughs> it's just like you have this character Neptune for two games, and so like, wow, she's like the biggest dumbass in the world. What could be her counter? <laughs> oh, someone who's even lazier. And like, and it's not even that. It's just like you've got Neptune, this character who has all of these fourth wall observations and these really just kind of dumb and harsh things to say about people sometimes. And then like, what could make that better? A character, oh, yeah. a character that takes Neptune, everything Neptune says at face value and believes it. <laughs> Yeah, everything. Every time Neptune says something, Plutus just like, "Wow, I had no idea." Noir, you have no friends. <laughs> that is such a precious fucking game, though. I, I fucking loved it. I think my favorite part so far, mm-hmm. just for how completely absurd it is, and that they're still running with it. Yeah. Is Neptune goes to this alternate universe and some stuff happens, you fight a boss, and then it just goes three years later. Yeah, yeah. It's like what? <laughs> so they've been doing nothing for three years apparently. They've been doing nothing but rolling around the floor of the Basilicom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's You forgot the part where they get yelled at by Istuar. Yeah, getting like like there's Mini e- Mini Histoire. Mini Histoire is the best thing. She is so goddamn adorable, and when she gets angry, she, like, vibrates up and down her, like, little sprite, and it's so cute. It's like, I can't think you're mad at me because you're too adorable. I had a scene last night where she got a phone call. Oh, sorry, I was on vibrate mode. <laughs> and, like, her, her character sprite is just bouncing up. And yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I- if you guys haven't guessed, we kind of like Neptunia. Yeah. Like, that series, it's probably going to endure into 2016, no doubt about it. Because, yeah, Hyper Devotion Noir is coming to Steam. Because yeah. they keep releasing new games here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nepcast. Nepcast 2016. 2016, there you go. That's season three. I'm just waiting for that Sega Girls localization. It'll happen, don't worry. I know. Now I'm excited because, yeah, the zombie game was announced for localization last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only Sega game that you can actually trust to get localized. <laughs> Fuck. Still, wait, still waiting on that PSO2 dream. I'd rather have Fantasy Star Nova than PSO2, but this never, neither are ever going to happen. No, so. no. Oh, that is a bummer. Yeah, Fantasy there are a bunch Star of PSP and DS so games. so fucking good. Like, really fucking good. It actually has a pretty good story, too. It's... I don't really ever hear about the DS or PSP games. Is that what we're talking about? Uh, this is a Vita there's one. There's a Vita one. Gotcha. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole... There's, like... I guess only Fantasy Star Portable 2 Infinity didn't get localized, but then yeah. Nova didn't either. Which is a two. shame, because 
Infinity made some minor improvements that made it so much fucking better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I Are like those like single-player games or uh, PSP, MMOs? PSP 2 has online multiplayer. So mm. does Fantasy Star Zero. Yeah, Fantasy Star Zero was really good. I like that game. It doesn't lot. have online multiplayer anymore. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah, anymore. <laughs> I liked Fantasy Star Zero. That's the DS game, right? Yeah. 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 I liked the story. I liked the music. I liked the atmosphere. But the gameplay just did not do it for me. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if it felt like Fantasy Star Online, because that game feels... It feels, feels like Fantasy play. Star Online in slow motion. But way oh. clunkier. Yeah, because oh. like, it's I just on the think, DS. I just, most of the game, I felt like, okay, the enemy's movement patterns are too fucking fast for my attack speed, and they constantly kept getting out of my attack range when I was trying to attack them, and it just irritated the fuck out of me for most of the time. The final boss is bull poopy. I didn't like that last boss I mean, boss Dark Falls the Elephant? Yeah, Dark Falls the <laughs> Elephant. It's so dumb. I did I did like the Mother Trinity battle, though. I did, uh, I did the Endless Tower. Boy, that was that fun. Too. That was a fun Saturday of, like, leaving, of, like, you know, leaving my DS on and closing it every ten floors. That's what I, I did, too. That That's too. how I beat it. I, I don't even remember. What's on, what was on the top floor? There was, like, something there that was weak. A big sign that says disappointment. Yeah, a big sign that says disappointment <laughs> and, like, oh, here's, like, 70 items that are all garbage. Yeah, it the, wasn't. The localization of Fantasy Star Zero was hilariously stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lavis Kanan. <laughs> That game had amazing art design, though. Absolutely. I love like, the art style. It looks so good on, like, a DS emulator, so it's a yeah. little higher res. Like, the art style is so cool in that game. Yeah, it translates well to 3D. It's really good, really good. Yeah. Um, so that's that's Neptunia Rebirth 3. Um, but, uh, other, you know, like I said, you know, end of the year, like, I'm kind of, like, shoving all the new stuff out of my brain for now and, you know, decided to revisit a classic. Uh, my good friend... Uh, Dr. No to thank uh, for, uh, he purchased me a copy of Grandia 2 Anniversary Edition. Nice. Um, and I've been playing, Aww. I've been playing a lot of that recently, and man, Grandia 2 is still really good. Did the Eye of Valor make you cry again? Yes. God it, it damn, gets that's oh, man. every goddamn time. Eye of Valor every time. Eye of Valor is the one that's early on with, like, the town. And the little girl. The, and the little girl, Ira. Oh. And her, and her absolutely like devastated like... mother. Oh Ooh. my god! And then like millennia, just being like, "Yo, dog, this is like plant more flowers. I don't, I don't fix it." <laughs> just being like, "Will it? I don't know." <laughs> uh, but man, that is a Dreamcast ass Dreamcast game. <laughs> it still feels like a damn Dreamcast ass Dreamcast game to me. Just the way it looks, feels, and sounds. It's just like everything screams Dreamcast to me, and I love it for that. Absolutely. Uh, I love that too. That's just a style that you only got there. Yeah. So so is it's it a scream a... cast? Okay, I'm out. <laughs> Done! Done! <laughs> John, you're hosting this one on your own. Um, but anyway, I, I just, I've been playing that game again. It is just like... Just, makes me feel stupidly nostalgic because it was like around this time of year that I first played it, which Whoa. is just real good, real, like really convenient too. Cause it was just like, Oh wow. I really, really fucking love this game. You know, even, even though it's story is cliched as fuck in a lot of places, it still manages to go a lot of really dark and weird places. Like cool. 
Ira, you know, like like the Eye of Balmar. It's just like, the oh. thing about cliche is, it's cliche for a reason because depending on how it's executed, it could be really fucking good. Here's my uh, my highest example of that: Lunar One and Two. I oh, think those games. I can't wait, I can't wait those to play games, more of those. Those games stories have these amazingly cliche characters and cliche stories, but the way they pull them off and the way that they're written works so damn well. It's just I love Lunar One. I did not like Lunar Two. I loved both of them equally. Maybe and I'll then, give it another chance one day, but I just I could not get into Lunar Two for some reason. And then there was Lunar Dog Shit on the DS. We don't talk about <laughs> we don't games talk after about you mean the game where you have to sacrifice HP to run. Yep. What a <laughs> dumb fucking game! Oh my god, I remember buying that game and then reviewing it the first day I had it because I'd already decided I quit. <laughs> I oh, never man. played it. It's garbage. It's terrible. You can't like like That's everything. Why I never played it. John would love it because everything's random. You can't well, even you can't even decide who you want to attack. You just be like, I want to attack, I guess, and hope you attack the right people. Are you serious? Yeah, you can't choose who you want to attack at all. Well, that's utterly awful. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. Uh, but yeah, uh, Grandia too. I'm just like. Grinning ear to ear the whole time I, I have it on, and it's just like, oh man, it's just like everything's coming back to me. Like, I remember all of this awful Merrick dialogue. So bad. And he's, I, I'm pretty damn sure he's voiced by the same dude that voiced Vulcan Raven in MGS1. Well, Ryudo's, Ryudo is voiced by uh, Liquid Snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it, it's a pretty good fit, I think. Yeah, they're both fucking assholes yeah yeah it works um but yeah that's that, goddamn like there's a reason grandia 2 is like still one of my favorite games of all time and it's just like that battle system is so good yes like yes just like i love how that game looks and just like everything about it just like it's like yeah like i don't care if these characters don't have mouths it still looks good to me damn it <laughs> I, I can't think of many, like, 20, 30, 40-hour RPGs that I beat in, like, five days the first time I played it. Yeah, damn. Like, the only, like, just, it was summer. Oh, <laughs> and, well, that makes sense. And, no, it wasn't. It was during the school year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just was having such a good time, and that game was just flowing so well for me. Mm. I just kept playing and playing and playing and played, and it was just... That game's got really good pacing. Uh, yeah. It, pu- it pushes you along at a pretty good clip. Mm. Um, and, and and it's, like, it's surprising. You know, it's still a pretty long game. Uh, you know, and usually, like, long games have these moments where they kind of just flag a bit. Um, like, uh, like, I really like the first Grandia game, but, man, they're, like, that game's, like, 70 hours, and it's got some parts oh. that kind of just go on a little too long. Um, Imagine... Yeah. Um, but yeah, Grandia 2, like, super happy to be revisiting that. Just like, that's like a good game to wind out, uh, you know, anything new I'll be playing this year. Like, like, I don't think, like, anything can come out at this, or I will be acquiring anything before the end of the year that's going to change my opinion on, you know, like, what I know my games of the year are now at this point. Like, there's all, it's only, that's only happened one time. And that was when, uh, 
uh, Sonic Generations went on sale for like two bucks. And it was like, oh, no, wait a minute. This game's actually really fucking good. And it's mm-hmm. going to replace Mortal Kombat as my best comeback uh, award of the year. <laughs> like that Let's was see like, if Anna and I can finish her fighting game before the deadline. There you go. We get that on the list. Boom. There you go. Hey, hey, Ashley, have you played Polyclicker? I never finished it, but yes, I played Polyclicker. <laughs> she played it. That's fine. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. Did, okay. you get, did you get to Umio? <laughs> no, but Rhett, Rhett told me about Umio. He does 5396 damage. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I first saw, like when I first got to that fight and I saw the damage, I was like, I was like ah, you motherfucker, you. <laughs> Polyclicker's really good, you guys. It really is. Warrior Game of the Year consideration. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got snubbed at the fucking Game Awards, so I'm a little burned about that. <laughs> yeah, and there's a dumb car soccer game that won. Yeah. That game is actually fun. I know. Yeah, Rocket League is really cool. <laughs> yeah, Rocket League's fine. What are you talking about? I played it when I had PlayStation Plus. It's really fun. Um, but that's all I've been up to. Just kind of like, you know, read-only memories, finishing up that old Neptunia, and then reliving the good old days. And fucking harassing me via... I've <laughs> never done anything of the sort. Yes, you do. What? So, listen, text- to her. <laughs> listen to her. Texting each other right now. I'm not texting anybody. I don't even have my phone on me. I could have sworn I heard a bloop. She, has an, an- she has an Android as well. Oh. So she's she's the one text she's the one being rude texting in the middle of a podcast. I sure did. <laughs> you bitch. Yeah, look at look at this bullshit. She sends me at twenty three forty eight. She just sent me a text that says fart. <laughs> I to the point. Right to the point. See, I was getting ready to do that to her, so that's that's why I'm pissed. I win. This podcast got weird. This podcast, this whole thing has been weird. Rhett, what have you been doing? Uh, I was originally thinking I was going to just spend the two weeks playing uh, Xenoblade, and I wouldn't have much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, that didn't end up happening, because Black Friday was a thing, Uh-oh. and a whole bunch of stuff was really cheap. Oh. What'd you end up with? So, I bought a PlayStation TV for myself. Mm. And it's the first time I've accidentally called it the real name. I always call it Vita TV. Vita TV. That's a way better well, name. To be fair, it is called the Vita TV in Japan. In Japan, yeah. The That's fucking what I'll always name, call though. it. Because the PlayStation yeah. TV sounds retarded. Because it plays, it's a fucking Vita. It's not yeah. its own thing. Yeah. God oh damn it, Polly. God. <laughs> oh, are you laughing at my... Are you laughing I just, at my... That sound triggered me. Yeah. <laughs> like, nostalgia. <laughs> just, Whoa. Poopy farty butts is what Polly's text has to say. Okay, great. <laughs> Brett quits. <laughs> so what'd you get on? What'd you get for your Vita TV? So I got a Vita TV and no memory card and no games. Well, it has one gig of memory on it. <laughs> yeah. So I was under the impression that I wouldn't even be able to download games to it if I didn't have a memory card. But I'm just like, this thing's 20 bucks. Like, fine. I'll just buy it just to have it. Mm-hmm. For like even the Neptunia spinoffs, which yeah. now they're getting now they're coming see. on Steam. So, but you actually can download games to the one gig if they're small enough. Mm-hmm. So, because I have PlayStation Plus, I have TXK on there now. Yay! But I didn't end up playing that for more than like two minutes, so I'm not going to talk about it yet. Okay. Because uh, then Steam had a big sale, and I picked some stuff up there. Uh oh. 
What'd you get? So first thing I bought and played was Titan Souls. How is that? Game always kind of rubbed me the wrong way watching other people play it. Mm-hmm. So that game is profoundly disappointing. Yeah, that's I what I got from it. Really did not like it. Mm-hmm. I played so, the original Jam version, which rubbed me really badly. Oh man, I wish. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It was like less than four bucks, but yeah, mm-hmm. I did not enjoy it by the end. Gotcha. Because this was a game jam game that was the same one that you did that shmup with the one bomb. Like the th- the goal of the game jam was you only have one. So in this game, yeah. you only have one arrow, but every boss dies in one hit. In one hit. Yeah. But you also die in one hit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just really frustrating. Like starting a boss fight and dying within like five seconds, and then having to run back. And sometimes the load times are a little slow, so it's like. Even if it's the boss arena is right there, like even ten seconds to get back starts to add up real quick. Yeah. And the thing I started to notice was that even when I win a fight, like I felt nothing satisfactory about it. It was just like, mm. oh, I'm glad I'm never gonna have to do that again. Like that feeling of just like, oh, I'm glad that's over. Like that's this Ooh. entire game. <laughs> that's. And you'd think that like you could wrangle some kind of coolness out of that kind of system because there are a lot of games that work on like one hit one death kind of shit but but it just it just sounds like the tedium of having to run back to the goddamn boss is like what kills this thing but Mm -hmm. even then it's like because the bosses all die in one hit Mm -hmm. like and because you're restarting constantly like these fights are just practically memorizing like the first five seconds of their movement yeah to try and get that hit so, like, even when you win a fight, like, it doesn't feel good because it wasn't really a fight. You just went in there and knew exactly how to move and how to position them, and boom, you win. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I really think it would have been better if it had had more of a kind of a traditional, like... A level setup, maybe. Like, yes, levels, levels with enemies and, and shit? Levels and enemies would have helped, but even if, like, the bosses took three hits, but you had more of a health reserve as well, so, like... You hit a boss once, and then he does some invulnerable move that you have to dodge through, and then he changes his pattern up a bit to get the second hit. Like, kind of traditional bosses, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that when you won, it was like, yes, I beat the hardest form. See, like, there's a game just... that I think does this kind of one-hit, one-kill thing for both sides really well, and I think mm-hmm. that that's the Devil May Cry series, because those games have a heaven and hell mode that you could typically either... Play from the start or unlock where it's just like you and the enemies all die in one hit. Mm. But like those games are really technical, so you've got enemies that do a lot of blocking and stuff. So, oh, cool. so you know, like it kind of works because you've got this element of going through a level and then getting to a boss and trying to get that one hit on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, like, you know, I, I always really like the Heaven and Hell modes and uh, the Devil May Cry games. Yeah, that that sounds cool, even though. I've only played Devil May Cry 4. I'm not sure how that would work on those bosses. Like, it seems like you could just roll up and, oh, I hit you. Yeah, I win. But, like, Titan Souls is very, very obviously channeling the spirits of two other games, which are uh, Shadow of the the Colossus and Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And neither of those games are ones with five-second-long boss fights. No, no. Those games are predicated on... Like learning mm-hmm. these very elaborate battle setups and spacing yeah. and delivery. Hold on. 
There's one boss that you could probably beat in five seconds in Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking name Pinwheel or something? Pinwheel. Oh, yeah, Pinwheel. Yeah, you could probably beat Pinwheel. Pinwheel's just easy. Yeah, Pinwheel is a, Pinwheel's a little bitch. But he doesn't die one hit. Yeah. No, but he can die in five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Also, the walks back to bosses in Dark Souls are interesting. Yeah. Yeah. They have They're bubbles. fun. Yeah. So, like, I get the sentiment of, like, having to walk back to the bosses, but, but game, there's but... sort of some legwork you have to do before that's legitimate. But, yeah, this game is more structured like uh, Shadow of the Colossus, where there's literally no enemies yeah. mm-hmm. at all besides Ex- the bosses. Except when Shadow of the Colossus, when you die on the boss, you just restart at the boss. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, except for, like, the final boss, you probably shouldn't actually be dying in that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I died until the last. Like your class. your health is just like it's it goes down. Generous. Re- yeah, it goes down real slow. Like, <laughs> even when you're taking like the biggest of hits, it's just or like oh, stepped on. It's like ten percent maybe. <laughs> but yeah, Shadow of the Classes, for all intents and purposes, is like a puzzle game where you got to f- look at these bosses and figure them out and then execute. Yeah. And Titan Souls is kind of like that, where you're kind of figuring out, okay, well, like what's the weak point? How am I going to deal with it? But they kill you so quickly that you're just starting over constantly. It's annoying. And then even when you know what the weak point is, they're killing you so quickly that you're starting over. And it's just like it's just memorization, just figuring out how to start each fight, basically. Yeah. Like, when is the first? I did have one good moment where this one boss was like, he would do three rolls into the wall and then stop for a minute. And I could t- and obviously he was stunned for a bit after the third roll. And I'm thinking, okay, I got to get behind him and then shoot him in the weak point, which was, was his butt. Yeah. yeah. And I realized <laughs> he very, very carefully, you can just hit him in the butt after a single roll. Mm. And there was even achievement for doing the fight in like less than 10 seconds. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But then the fucking final boss was such bullshit. <laughs> and then, so like I rage quit this game basically. Oh, wow. Because I got so mad at the final boss. Because it was just, he's just killing you so fast. And just like, because he has a bow as well. Oh. So he just goes, and you're dead. <laughs> oh, wow. So like, I hit Alt F4 and it didn't actually close the game. And I was just like, no, exit to menu. <laughs> no, I said fucking get out of here. So then I came back the next night. And I'm like, I don't even know I'm trying to finish this game. Because I don't even like it. But I just have to beat this fucking last boss. I've been there. And then, like, I got mad, and I hit Alt F4 again, and it still didn't close the game. <laughs> so I just kept playing, and then I just basically accidentally clipped him and won, and I felt nothing from actually beating the game. Ouch. Because after, Jeez. like, trying to learn this boss and how to, like, score a hit, I basically took a blind shot and it accidentally clipped him when he teleported, which is, like, how you have to do it. Wow. I was just like, oh. I literally went, like, oh, I'm dead. Oh, wait, I won, because whatever <laughs> i hit it was just so incredibly unsatisfying and i tried to alt f4 because the ending wasn't worth watching <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that game swing and a miss i guess i'm oh it even has the thing where like you have a roll command so that you can get through the tedious walking parts a little bit faster or it has a roll because it's trying to be like dark yeah, souls just trying yeah to soul, obviously so speaking of Dark Souls, I hear that's a pretty good game. Another thing I played was the spiritual sister successor. 
Spiritual sister. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's, that's, that's the terminology. That, that's right. the term. The spiritual sister. <laughs> I played the Bloodborne DLC, The Old Hunters. I really want to play that because it looks so fucking good. Hey, do you like hard bosses? I do. Because the bosses in this are super fucking hard. <laughs> that's I've heard they're real fucked they're, up. They're unfucking real, most of them. Yeah, most of the boss designs in Dark, in Dark Souls. Oh, no, I just mean... Bloodborne in general. fucking hard. Like, they're all, like, endgame tier bosses. Oh, it's, God. It's, like, almost <clears throat> completely frustrating. What was that? That was my phone, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, a complaint I've seen a lot of people having with this with the DLC is, like, they don't know when to play it because... You can actually unlock it pretty early in the game, mm-hmm. like after beating like the third boss almost, depending on which route you go. Yeah. But like, then you're fighting super hard stuff, super early, and probably getting wrecked. <clears throat> From what so, I've heard, it, the DLC is scaled for after you beat the uh, what's his face, the spider thing. Oh really? Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I remember reading in my Twitter feed, but I don't know. That might be because you can, you get it open after Amelia, which uh-huh. is pretty early in the game. So maybe if you beat Rom, it'll be harder. Because I had two characters that were still on new game. <laughs> Polly, is that it's you? It's not me. Okay. It was Polly. Bullshit. <clears throat> I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. That's disgusting. <laughs> I'm not fucking reading that. You, I'm Poly, sorry, Polly, I'm I'm trying to talk, Polly, and you're fucking my Ashley made me do it. I she texted me <laughs> over Skype and said, "Send me a message." I did not interrupt. Interrupt Red again. <laughs> Wait, I forgot a question. Oh, okay, for Titan Souls. Oh, so sure. of the games that were descended from the um. Uh, Ludum Dare, one, one, oh. you only get one competition um, that came out after the competition because they needed more time to be <laughs> developed properly. Yeah. Which one was your favorite? What was yours called? Into, Into the, the Vortex. Vortex. Okay, I'd say Into the Vortex was less frustrating. You heard it here, for folks. Titan Souls. Titan Souls is... Yeah. Okay. Titan Souls is super frustrating. Uh, so yeah, I had two characters on New Game still in Bloodborne that were level 55 and level 100. Mm-hmm. Even though they had basically beaten all the bosses in the game, I just hadn't ascended to New Game Plus yet. But uh, So I'm deciding I'm going to go through it with the level 55 character based on get, that you open it up after Amelia. And I hear you two texting! I'm not texting. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going through the area, and it's like it's really good, and it's pretty hard. And then I got to the first boss, and just got fucking demolished. Oh no! Like dead in two hits. I can't figure out how to butt dodge this boss. Dead, dead, dead. So I'm like, okay, let me go to the the level 100 character who's got like way more vitality. And then the first area seemed really easy, and then I got to the boss, and it was still hard, but I was eventually able to beat him. Just tank through the damage. Well, not even tank through it, but just not die in two fucking hits. Like, literally two. <laughs> like, okay, now I can die in four hits. This is way easier. <laughs> and There's like, actually... One... Oh, I'm sorry. You first. And that boss is, like, basically two bosses in one. To Not to spoil too much. It's a long fight. 
and it's really hard. And I have no idea how to dodge the first form at all. <laughs> what were we going to say? There's actually one. I've, I, I've watched most of the DLC already. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the fight with Lady Maria, everything leading up to that fight is fucking, like, just beautiful. Yeah, that's a like, really cool section. <laughs> the environment, the lighting, when you walk up to her and she's just kind of laying in that chair all bloody it, it was just really yeah. really cool and it was it was just like it was one of those moments in gaming where it's just like i fucking love stuff like this yeah i almost think she should have been the final boss of the dlc just based on how cool <laughs> that setup is she's pretty fucking aggressive from what i saw <laughs> i mean yeah she's probably the easiest well besides there's one boss that's basically a joke boss, but of the other four, I think she's the easiest. But yeah, it's still a really cool fight. She's got like katanas that shoot blood at you. Because yeah. that game's <laughs> fucking she also, silly. She also rams both katanas right through her chest, too. Yeah. Just for fun. Did you ever do the chalice dungeon stuff in the game? I did some of them and I was like, these fucking chalice dungeons are oh. fucking boring as shit. I, I could not stand them at all. Because the last boss of those is another woman who shoots blood at you by standing Oh, I know. That's, that's the the laughing woman from... Yeah, Yarnum. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I cannot beat the last boss of the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> like, not even like the super secret extra boss that there is that people are also bitching about. Mm-hmm. Like, just the regular fourth boss in the dlc is just fucking annihilating me and then i get mad and i get uh so i like i came back the second day and i got him down to like 15 percent life and then he just basically did a projectile attack right in my face oh so like what's a shotgun attack just all of them hit me and <sighs> my health just went full full to nothing i was just like wanted to throw the controller because i i was just like in control of that fight i'm like this is my first fight of the day i'm refreshed i'm gonna beat him on my first try this is awesome boop dead i'm like fucking god damn it or red this yeah this dlc is kind of frustrating but the pizza cutter weapon is pretty cool oh so yeah that's my other problem with the dlc is that it gives you a shitload of new weapons, mm-hmm. but like you don't have the materials to upgrade them because that game was really, really stingy with that stuff. Oh, that is super yeah. shitty. Yeah, so it's it's just it's weird having this come out like nine months after the game because I think that game was like March or something. Yeah. So it's just like I'm kind of just done with this game, really. But I want to play this DLC, but I can't u- reasonably use these weapons because it's so fucking hard. And then, like, that game fucking hates dex users because, like, all of the weapons that you do find early in the DLC are all the strength ones. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, if you want a dex weapon, like, beat the last boss. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> That's really like, fucked. You, you can get the bow early, but the, there's another oh. one, like, the blood katana. You have to, like, have beaten the first three bosses. Wow. That's, that's the one Maria uses. So yeah, and the like the arcane weapon, which is the one I want. You just straight up have to beat the fourth boss, and then he drops it. It's just like okay, like you clearly hate everything that isn't a strength user in this game. 
that's kind of the uh, the gist I got from just seeing other people play the game. Anyway, there's just not a lot of customization. Yeah, but it's so frustrating because like the game didn't have that many weapons to begin with, but it was okay because it was like, like in Dark Souls, was pretty much two and one anyway. Yeah, and they were all like unique for their types. Mm -hmm. Like in Dark Souls, you'll have like a million kind of rapiers that are all the same. Yeah, several different short swords that are all basically the same. This will just have like one. This is the saw, like that's the one. Mm -hmm. So like there were like maybe say eight weapons or so maybe a little more i think it was nine nine but like it's a low number and the dlc basically doubles it but it's like i don't have stuff to upgrade all these with and (laughs) they're so late in the game now that it's just weird like oh boy i get to run through more chalice dungeons to get more bloodstones and stuff boy oh boy chalice dungeons are really 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 fucking boring yeah i wish i actually wish the dlc had expanded on those a bit more so that you would have new reasons to go through them because another thing is like in the nine months since the game's been out like they tried to make those better by having crafting materials drop in them Mm -hmm. but it's like i really don't want to go through those and grind out to try these new weapons out so they're just kind of useless to me that's kind of disappointing since that's like a big selling point of the dlc yeah that's a huge selling point but it's also like I just feel kind of done with the game anyways. It's like a, it's not like I'm going to go back to PvPing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, PvP wasn't really a big part of Bloodborne anyway. Yeah. Because you could only do it in like very yeah. specific areas. Well, I liked invading people in the nightmares because I'm a dick. That's that's the only place I ever got PvP. I think that's the only place you can do it anyway. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, so yeah, overall, like the DLC is good, but it's not amazing. Hmm. Like, I have, a, I have a character on New Game Plus 3, and I just got to the DLC on them. Uh-huh. So, I'm going through the first area. It's pretty challenging, which basically means that the first boss is probably just going to one-shot One shot. Me. Yeah. Uh, I've seen videos of people playing them on some New Game Pluses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I recall seeing about 2,000 damage. Oh, my. What? Di- bar- no, no, I mean, on the boss's health bar, barely chipping the health bar. Oh my god. Oh, man, that's great. Yeah, the bosses are super tanky from what I've seen, having played it, like, I mean, doing, you can, like... You can exploit the, the... I forgot what they're called. Visceral attacks? Yeah. That, that's probably my one of my bigger problems, is that the character I was using doesn't use a gun. Because uh-huh. I'm dumb. I should probably start doing that, because... Yeah, hey, parrying yeah. is pretty important in that game. But... The DLC added a, a for really real shield, though. It didn't. That's the people keep fucking that up. The shield does not block physical at oh, all. It doesn't. It blocks everything else. Oh. <laughs> so that's what I realized is that the boss I'm fighting when he throws shit at you, mm-hmm. like the four, those are blood attacks. So the shield will work on them. Mm. So that could have saved my ass if I hadn't been an idiot and had the shield ready. <laughs> So, one of the, one of these days I'm gonna get that fucker. Then I'm gonna never play the game again. <laughs> but yeah, I really the the areas in the DLC are cool. The bosses are just I think they went a bit fucking overkill on them. Yeah, like because I think that's probably what people expected them to do. Yeah. Well, the base game of Bloodborne, in my opinion, anyway, was kind of on the easy side. 
Yeah, I think it's I weird. Was, like, I mean, maybe I'm just too used to the Souls style gameplay, but I, I thought pretty much everything except for when you first get to, I think it's Old Yarnum. It's, it's right after Rom. Yeah, that place. Cause the, that place is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like fuck that place. That, that place yeah, that is, place a is like really assholeish enemy placement plus with everything killing you in two hits. Yeah. That one part where you have to descend down the stair <laughs> stairs with that with that one uh one of the great ones on top of the, the building <laughs> and he's just shooting lasers down at you. And there's that, like though. fifteen regular enemies just scattered about the staircase and it's just like holy shit fuck you. And then they do it again when you go like a, cu- like a couple more staircases and then you, there's another one there shooting another fucking laser. And it's just like, god damn. That's the only part of the game that ever gave me any trouble. Oh, I had a hell of a time in the last nightmare area with those big furry guys. Uh, the ones that throw the rocks? Like before that? Like... I don't know how to describe them. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was Nightmare of Mensis. Like, uh, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a couple months for me, too. My memory's really good. Yeah. The second area in the DLC is cool, though. It's like... Uh, the laboratory? Yeah. It's like that Tower of... That so fucking good. It's kind of like Tower of Latchira meets the Duke's Archives. Mm-hmm. And cool. the... The big centerpiece is the staircase that rotates. Oh. Of course. Was there... So there was DLC, one DLC package for Dark Souls, one big DLC package for Dark Souls 2, and one no, for there, Bloodborne? There were, there were three for Dark Souls 2. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I never played them. I never played were them. Were any of them good? Apparently people really liked them, but yeah, I was just... But they were still... Yeah. They were part of Dark Souls 2, though. Yeah. But when I heard they brought back good level design, which yeah. is something yeah. that Dark Souls 2 did not have. At all. Yeah, <laughs> like, I read like a big long level design dis- dissection of the Dark Souls 2 DLC, and it was just like, this is the thing, these are the things that these levels do that are better than the levels in main le- mainline Dark Souls 2. These are all the things about it that still make them worse than the other games that uh-huh. still is very weak. And sad. Like, I I do think Dark Souls 2 is a good game still, but it just feels like... <laughs> it feels like so much more than Dark Souls 1, but it feels like so much less at the same time. Yeah, definitely. It, it feels like they went for quantity over quality for, like, absolute sure. Definitely and for the that's, bosses. That's why I like Bloodborne a lot, because... First of all, you could you could tell that Miyazaki worked on it, you, and you could tell like his absence in mm-hmm. two kind of really fucked it up. Yeah. So. So yeah, Bloodborne DLC. I'll keep playing it because I want to go through it on some other characters if I can get past that fu- <laughs> first fucking boss. Because that's I the have one is- question for you, Red. Sure. Do you say cause or do you say cousin? <laughs> I don't know cause. It's a it's a fucking bloodborne reference. Yeah, I know. There's uh, there's one boss that's like, oh, the great cause, or should I say, cousin? 
Is that who you're talking oh, he about? Says, he says some say cause, some say cause. Oh. <laughs> I, I say, I, I say Chow's emeralds. <laughs> <laughs> what, that's not how you say it? <laughs> uh, it's the same way that you could call it's a, Segway Segui. <laughs> it's a Cheo Garden. Cheo Garden. <laughs> oh, God. So, back to games I picked up super cheap in the Steam sale. Mm-hmm. I played the Stanley Parable. Ah, Finally. So delightful. And let me just say mm-hmm. that Broom Closet ending was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Just lock yourself in the broom closet, because fuck it. And he goes, the narrator's like, oh, I bet when you're talking about your friends, you're going to say the broom closet ending was what your favorite, huh? <laughs> so now I've done that. <laughs> very, very meta. Very, I downloaded very... the beginner's guide by the same person. Mm. I, I'm, um, I, I'm deliberately avoiding everything about that game because yeah, I I'm not, play it. Yeah. I'm really interested. I'll, like, any interest in like the premise at all? I just want me to not say a thing. I don't want to know anything about it. I, okay. I just want Rhett to get his stuff over with because we've interrupted him enough. Okay, go for it, Rhett. So yeah, I played the original Stanley Parable mod around 2012, like mm-hmm. before the, the HD one, like almost right before the HD one got revealed. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't like super like ready to experience it again because I'd kind of just seen it. And then I found out like, yeah, the HD one is basically the same game with like 50% new content. So kind of give it a few years, let it settle and then play through it again. Yeah, that game's really good. Uh, did you ever play the demo? Yes. Yes, okay. I played the hell out of the demo. The demo is amazing. The demo is so good. Like <laughs> it's it's an entirely different thing. Like it's yeah, not it's even odd. it's not even in the game at all. It's just this entirely separate experience. Apparently, once you own the game on Steam, you can't play the demo anymore. So nope. you have to make a new Steam account. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? That's that's how demos on Steam work. They get replaced by the game if you have them. Yeah. Oh it just says in, it's it's just says install or play a game once you do, once you hit that point. I bet they knew that <laughs> and didn't care. So about the Stanley Parable, Rhett. Yeah, it's really good. It's a very just kind of interesting look at linear design and choice in games and what it all means. The illusion of choice. Yeah, like everything has been pre-programmed and predestined. You're just going through these paths that we made for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's like really weird secret paths like jumping oh out the God. window. Yeah. And they're like... Just kidding. This was planned as well. I'm going to sing you a song now. <laughs> Just like, what? Uh, did you get the, the one that turns turns the game into straight up Minecraft? I, uh, I was going to talk about that uh-huh. right now. Okay. We'll wasn't, actually, wasn't actually going to say Minecraft, but yeah. I posted, I posted a screenshot from that and you went, spoilers! <laughs> I forgot about that, so it did take me by surprise when it happened in ah, the game. Awesome. But in the original mod, it was Half-Life 1. Oh, that's cute. Because it was the source mod. Yeah, yeah. So they, were, so they just stuck you. He's like, oh, you want to play a better game, huh? And it just stuck you in the Resonance Cascade from Half-Life 1. <laughs> so I kept, I, that was like one of the most memorable moments of the original mod. So I kept waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So then when Minecraft popped up, I'm like, I went like, what the fuck? Uh, do, you get, do you find the pizza dimension? Oh, I don't know if I did that, actually. Pizza of the dead. What? Yeah, there's like a, an entire uh, path that you can find where you go into like 
like this first person pizza killing game where like the land and everything is pizza and like the enemies are pizza. I don't know if you're fucking with I'm me. I'm not right fucking now. with you. It is a thing. Because I looked up like walkthroughs to be like, okay, did I find everything? And then, no, I didn't jump out the window. I'll go do that. I didn't see anything about Pizza Benchman. I'll go look. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure I'm not Google, lying. I'm sure if I Google Pizza Dimension Stanley Parable, I'll find out pretty quickly. There's one ending. It barely qualifies as an ending. Like when you go into the boss's office mm-hmm. and the doors start to close, if you oh, run yeah. back, mm-hmm. you can ditch the narrator. Yep. But then there's kind of like nothing after that. Yeah. It's really funny. It's, it's so weird. But uh, the ending, and this is full spoiler, sorry. The ending oh. that really stuck with me the most was the one called Zending, mm. where you go to a really happy place and the narrator is super happy that you're there and he just wants you to stand in this happy place. Yeah. And then there's another room with a d- big, tall staircase. Mm-hmm. And you can jump off to kill yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And having played this game, I'm kind of examining choice and determination in games. Mm-hmm. Playing this after Undertale <laughs> yeah. made that section even weirder. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. This was basically, to me, kind of felt like Undertale in a nutshell, where it's like, hey, you can take the pacifist route and stay in the happy room or you can do the evil thing and see what happens. Mm. So as I'm climbing those stairs, <laughs> I just hear sounds in my head going, you're going to have you, a bad time. No, not just not that the line when he, be, when you beat him and he's just like, if I can explain to you that there's absolutely no benefit whatsoever to continuing <laughs> on, but you have to because you can and you're a sick person like that. He doesn't actually <laughs> say that. But that's just the feeling it gave you. Like, why are you doing this? You're just jumping off these stairs because you can. Mm-hmm. And the narrator, like, starts crying. He's yeah, telling he's like, to stop. stop. <laughs> it's really just like, it's the Undertale No Mercy route. Just being like, what are you doing? Stop. Just stop, please. And yeah. then you jump off four times and you finally die. <laughs> Yeah, and the game it's, resets. It's really Ooh. fucked up. So that one was really good. Yeah, that was not in the original mod. And the other one that's not in the original mod that I really liked was the Stanley Parable Adventure Line. <laughs> that was so good. That is so great because I've been like, oh, that that ending was kind of un- under- underwhelming, huh? And the game restarted, mm-hmm. and then I walk out, and I'm like. Oh, what's going what's on? What's all this now? <laughs> <laughs> so that that game's really cool. Yeah, it's it's such a good little piece yeah. about you know just like examining video game. It's a video game about being a video game. Yeah, and and kind of choice and open world and linearity. And it's charming like no goddamn other. I mean, it's amazing that the like. 99% of that game is the narrator. Yeah. And that game is like four hours long, basically. So that guy was entertaining talking for four hours. Stanley stood around, hoping for more quirky quips from the narrator. <laughs> <laughs> like, at the start, if you just reverse, you just do the opposite of what he says, like, three times. He's like, Stanley was so bad at following directions. It's amazing he had a job at all. <laughs> 
Oh my god, I fucking love the Stanley Parable. Yeah. There's like an uh, there's like a, an achievement you can only get after oh 10,000 years or something. No, there's one that says don't play the game for 5 years. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that crazy. But then there's another one that says this achievement is impossible to unlock. Yeah, yeah. And okay. people like brute forced it to figure out how to unlock it. I don't know how you do it. It it was something like there was a, like a console command that would unlock it. Oh. But then when you use the console in that game, it calls you a cheater and locks you in a room. Yeah. So you had to like make a text macro on your desktop to activate it instead. And oh, something wow. like that would unlock the achievement. That's crazy. And silly. It's very... And but then it's very meta as well. So... And then there's the one achievement for clicking on the door five times. <laughs> and that one goes places. Yep. <laughs> so, so, and you feel good by the end. You're like, yeah, we did it. <laughs> Give me five more clicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Play the God. Stanley Parable for the entire duration of a Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, so I only have, like, half the achievements because some of them are just completely fucking yeah, silly. Yeah, it's just really silly. But but it's just, like, it's things people will and have done just because you you really want to see those achievements pop because up. Because you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I did look at the Tuesday one and go, well, that's that's kind of doable, right? You just leave it open for a day. Yeah. <laughs> but why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. So, finally, wrapping up, speaking of choice in games, mm-hmm. or lack of choice, oh. I played The Walking Dead Season 2. Uh, I kind of so, resolved, yeah. so, resolved myself to never play that. I did too, and then it was free on PlayStation Plus, and I'm like, eh, fine. Mm-hmm. And then after playing it, I was like, eh, fine. Yeah. Like, this game is not the revelation season one was. No. And like Bioshock 2, probably would have preferred if it didn't exist, really. Yeah. Like, I have the 400 days thing that takes 400 place. days sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even bother and, with it. I know. I bought it, like, the day it came out. And I felt too. so bad afterward. Well, I played it, at least. I didn't even play it. <laughs> <laughs> like... Almost nothing from that even carries over. Wow, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. Like, one of the... There's, like, five playable characters in that, and, like, one of them is in this game. Mm-hmm. And, like, no one else is. Oh. So it's like, what? Okay. There's, like, one guy from it can show up as a background character in one of the compounds, I guess, if he lives or not. Wow. <laughs> it's real. That's amazing, yeah. Neptune. <laughs> So, Walking Dead Season 2 is kind of weird, because you play as Clementine from Season 1, mm-hmm. and it's, like, almost two years later. She's much, she's a lot older now. Like, she's 11 instead of, tw- instead of 9, mm-hmm. and she's much harder to the world. She's not this soft little girl you knew before. Aww. And, like, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy the writing in this one as much as Season 1, like... It wasn't the original writers, from what I understand. Oh, really? Yeah. It just... I don't know. I feel like I'm not a huge zombie fan. Like, it feels like there's only so much you can do, like, with those scenarios. Yeah. So, like, 
anything that kind of resembled something from season one. It's just like, oh, I've already seen this before. Mm. Like, there's a weird parallel right at the start in episode one where um, Clementine gets bit by a dog. Oh. And pretty fucking badly. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you have to, like, sew your arm up. Mm. And it's fucking horrible. <laughs> and it it really reminded me of something Lee may or may not have done towards the end of season one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that <laughs> moment, that moment. But it's a little girl this time. Oh, and it's even yeah. Oh yeah, God, that was. I was afraid my mom was going to come in thinking I was watching porn because like she's sewing her arm up, mm-hmm. and you have to like control the con- you have to, like push up on the controller for every single stitch on the needle oh my god and she just fucking screams so loud each time oh my god so yeah season it's kind of felt like gore porn at some yeah. point that's what it sounds like that's what it sounds like to me yeah so it sounds like someone's having a little too good a time it definitely <laughs> eased up together. on that stuff by the end but like it starts rough as hell and it's I just, it kills character like, the season overall kills off characters so fucking quickly that I never really got attached to anybody. And I'm, like, almost wondering if that was the point. Because it feels like, like, I'm trying to figure out what the message of this whole thing was. Money. Ah, sure, (laughs) we sure do like money. Yeah. I think that was the message. Because I was reading this thing, like... It was actually defense of season one and two of the Walking Dead games against the TV show, saying how much better they are than the TV show. Mm-hmm. And it used this kind of phrase, the emotional spine, to refer to Lee and Clementine in season one. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the core of the story. Like, from start to finish, that was the whole thing, was protecting Clementine. Yeah. And because of the events of season one, that core is gone. And so... season two is just kind of like a bunch of shit that happens in sequence. Uh, <laughs> like like a Mario World level. <laughs> <laughs> like there's con- so Clementine kind of, Clementine kind of finds herself alone at the start of episode 1 and then she runs into into this really large group of like 8 or 8 or 9 people and they have their own situation going on and like that's kind of like the core of the story is that group. Mm-hmm. But by episode five, all of them are dead. Oh. So whatever plot that was going obviously doesn't happen because all the characters currently left had no original stake in the game. So what's going on? It's so fucking weird. That's... It's, it's weird. It's almost like... I kind of pinned it down to like this other character actually being the protagonist of the game mm-hmm. and that when they die, everything goes to hell immediately. Mm. Cause Clementine, like mm. she's a little girl. Like people just like kind of don't treat her with respect or like ignore what she says. Yeah. Which, she, which is, yeah. Which is a weird way to have your protagonist in an adventure game about making choice where you can just be ignored. Yeah. And people underestimate you. Yeah, there's so much just kind of felt underwhelming about this. Just subverting player choice, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one line in the game where 
like the option I picked was, do I have a choice? And the character just looks at me and goes, no, not really. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. It was like the developers reaching out to talk to yeah. you personally. So the game, the one thing that really distinguishes itself from season one is that there are like a bunch of different endings this time instead of the one true path, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's five different endings, basically. Um, it kind of builds to a point where there's a conflict between two major characters and you have to choose a side. Oh. Or you can choose neither. Hmm. <laughs> which is pretty dark as well. Yeah. But I chose a side, and then you have one more option after that point on kind of what char- type of character your Clem is to you. Mm. And mine was basically trust fucking no one. Yeah, like adults are <laughs> terrible. Fuck them. <laughs> mm. So one of the last lines in my ending was really great. Someone was trying to get into our place and they go, it's dangerous out here. And I picked don't let them in. And Clementine pulls out a gun and goes, maybe I'm dangerous too. Oh, damn. I thought that was such a good line. <laughs> wow. That's pretty That's pretty good. So it's like, is this a bad ending, though, where my my takeaway from the season is don't trust anybody, fuck them? Fuck because everyone, everyone in this series is such an asshole. <laughs> wow. And it's just like, it's so unrealistic, too, because I was thinking about how in the original season one, like in episode two, like there's a whole thing about dividing the rations they have. Mm-hmm. And there's like none of that in this one. Wow. And I get that that would have been old, but it's like, you guys are telling me now that it's been two years since the apocalypse and you're still like going around scavenging for cans of food. Like that shit would all be gone by now. Yeah. So it's just like food is just a word that they say they need, but it never actually feels like a real thing that they're trying to get. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause then it's like, Seems... oh, continue. Oh, oh, do you take the medicine or do you leave it? And I'm just like, I'm going to leave it. Cause it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I feel like the five ending thing kind of clues me in. Like maybe this is a bunch of people that didn't really get what was good about that first game yeah. with the character relationships and everything. That kind of careful plotting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's the it's a new one, and there's five endings now. La di da. Yeah, it's it's weird because like what you say never really affects the plot that much. Mm-hmm. There are some really evil dialogue options. Like, you can make Clem a huge bitch, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> might, have, might have been the way to go. Yeah. I was just kind of trying to please everybody till the end. Like, I thought about it, like, before that game came out, and I knew that it was going to be from her perspective. And I thought, like, if I do play it, I'm going to play her as distant and cold as possible due to just, like, the events mm-hmm. of the first game. It's just like, you know, don't attach yourself to something because it's ultimately going to, you know, like, how am I going to roleplay this character? How is, an, you know, a nine-year-old going to look at the world after she yeah. went through everything she did? And my option would have been, like, I'm just not going to get close to anybody. I'm going to be out for me and hope for my own safety because these other people don't have my best interests in mind. Yeah, that's... That's pretty accurate, actually. The other thing that really bugged me when I first saw that it was in this game 
was that Kenny is in it. What? He's back. He's what? back. Oh, oh you didn't shit. know that? What? Didn't he die? He died. He died a heroic death. You didn't see him die. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck off. So, Get out of here. So I had the same reaction to that when I first saw about it like a year ago that oh Kenny's back. But like when it happens in the game, it's actually kind of cool because you're traveling with this group that you've only been with for like a day, so you don't really trust them. And then you find Kenny, it's like, okay, this is somebody this is I something can, I can latch on to. Yeah. It's this one kind of light in the dark. It's just like if I was playing, you know, if I was role-playing Clementine, I would have the same kind of reactions. Like, oh, there's mm-hmm. this person that I know that even though they've been kind of brash in the past, I know yeah. them and I can probably trust them. Yeah. And the other thing is because you're not playing as Lee, like whatever baggage that was there yeah, like, that can, does... can be washed away by being Clementine now, where Kenny's like completely cool with her. He's like, oh, hey. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I remember but, yeah. that being the one. I actually remember that being the one death in The Walking Dead one, where it was like, "Oh, okay, y'all are just kind of needing to wrap this up now, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can but then, bring that back. Sound doesn't sound bad, too bad to me. So I really liked when they brought him back, but like by the end, it's kind of the Kenny show. Oh, like good. he's he's really important in season two. Mm-hmm. Like, to a fault, almost. Oh. Like, because I've never liked that character that much. Yeah. And, like, the best moments in season two are just when they reference season one shit. Like, when him and Clem are reminiscing, and oh. they go, and he says, I wish Lee was here. And you're oh. just like, oh. You wince, because you know that's what, like, I almost just choked up there wincing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or when he, he mentions Duck, like, twice. And it's, it's rough. Ugh, dude. Ugh. But yeah, thinking about stuff from this first season still gets you. And I think of ah. stuff in season two and it's like, eh, yeah, that asshole died. <laughs> there is a, there, I will say one thing in season two mm-hmm. has a great villain. Mm. I was so fucking happy to kill him. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, he gets the worst death. Mm. <laughs> you beat his fucking face off. His eye falls out. Jesus. Oh Christ. my God. <laughs> Does Clem do that? No, no. You you can choose to watch or not. I chose to oh. watch. Damn. Oh. Well, she's got to get hard to the world, man. Oh, she was already... She's hard as fuck. <laughs> she's fucking baller. <laughs> she is a fucking battle tank at this point. You know what um, Telltale games, adventure games, have I played since um, Walking Dead? Nothing. None of them. <laughs> Nine of them. I have heard the Borderlands one is, like, really good. Yeah, Tales from the Borderlands sounds really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I will, prob- I will probably play that at some point. I've never played the, any of the Borderlands games, so that kind of... I've heard you don't me. need to. Yeah, it's, it, it's self-contained enough. Cool. So, so that's what I've been up to. Cool. cool. All right, we're getting ready to move on to... Uh, how's Early Access doing? <laughs> All right. Um, and, uh, just got a couple of quick bits of news. Woo. Uh, Indivisible got funded. Woo! Oh, thank it's the, God. It's the I game was by, really worried. It's, was it's like the game by the Skullgirls devs. Uh, it's very heavily... I just ins- bought that. It's heavily, ins- it's heavily inspired by, uh, Valkyrie Profile, uh, which was just a fantastic RPG. Um, 
and yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm super glad that Indivisible is funded. And it only, you know, it only took them throwing every single indie character in existence. <laughs> and, and, they and, extend, and they like extended the campaign by like another twenty days, and still almost didn't make it. Yeah, Oops. yeah. Damn. But yeah, that's Damn. good. That's good news because I like that game's like that game's in good hands because those guys know good game yeah. design. They, they know budgeting. They know budgeting. Cause... We've seen the full breakdowns of how much a character in a fighting game costs. Yeah, yeah. Huh, I wonder I wonder if like any of those other weirdos that don't know about budgeting <laughs> do anything. I hope that doesn't happen. That's a hell of a segue. <laughs> <laughs> See when I when I do it now I'm doing it on purpose, you guys. I know, but it's still funny. I know. <laughs> so what's our next bit of news, Rhett? Um, at the Game Awards last night, Psychonauts 2 was announced. Oh, yeah. Do, do you like Psychonauts? I, it's Didn't you right. replay that this year? Yeah, I replayed that. I think it's an yeah, old game. I really like Psychonauts. I'm not sure I really needed a sequel, though. I I totally think it was like, all it right, has, yeah, it he's has in an the ending. team now. Yeah, it has an ending, but it's The just ending like, tease was like, yeah, yeah, bring on the sequel. Okay, so we're so, getting Psychonauts 2. Awesome. Yeah. As long as you pay for it on on not Kickstarter. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh. Dude. I... Huh. You get. So you telling me that uh Tim Schafer, somebody's going to trust that motherfucker with money again. Is this what you're telling me? Unfortunately. Is this what you're telling me? Yeah, he 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 wants three point three million dollars. Okay, you know what? You know what? I'm just I'm quitting video games. I'm done. (laughs) You people keep letting this happen. (laughs) Fuck it. What is wrong with you fucking morons? You're let you keep letting this happen. Look, Tim Schafer, (laughs) modern miracle magic man. (laughs) Simple dreams come true. Suck a dick. So oh. if you're quitting video games, can I have your collection? Ooh, and it's gonna get funded too. Fucking idiots will buy anything. Put his dumb fucking name on it. Do it. Do it, you fucking idiots. Fucking Buddy! Yay! I swear to God. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you people? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> oh my god. You be Ah. Oh. He hasn't even delivered backer rewards for Dark Age yet. Broken, Broken Age. Age. Broken Age, Dark Age, Fuck Age. I don't care. Hey, well, hey, mate, Mighty Number no. 9's not out yet either. Nope. Yeah, that looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> so this... It's like a race to see who can burn backer goodwill the quickest. It, but they keep giving Tim Schafer another chance! Oh, fuck Tim Schafer. Oh <laughs> yeah, fucking oh, hard. I'm so fucking done. That's the end of that story. Right? We're not talking about it. Yeah. Um, do we have any listener questions before I have a stroke? No, no, no. We questions. don't. Ashley, my dear, I want to yes. thank you for joining us on this wonderful little podcast that we do. It's been a pleasure finally being able to get mm-hmm. you on and having you talk with us for these last three or so hours. Uh, hope you three had a- hours and 34 minutes and 17 seconds. Uh, <laughs> I, I, 53 I, uh, hours, 96 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> not, 
96 minutes. I don't think it works that way. That's totally how time works. Don't worry. Ashley's dumb. She'll buy it. Don't worry. Um, but uh, I almost did. <laughs> to be fair, I'm fucking tired. No, it only makes sense if it was 53, hour, 53 minutes and 96 seconds. That would make a lot of okay, sense. Okay, just stop. Just, just stop. We're just, done. <laughs> so, but yeah, Ashley, uh, I hope you had a good time. Uh, it was a pleasure I did. having you on. I'm glad that you had a good time then. So cool. it, it was a little like exhausting for me because I'm not used to talking this much. Like I'm sure you've noticed the pitch and my voice kept changing constantly. And I've noticed <laughs> that your sinuses have completely dried up. Uh, yeah, I've been very congested lately. I yeah. don't know. I don't know why, but it's been happening every single day for like the past month, and medicines are not helping. Allergies. I've been using allergy medicine, and it's not helping. Yeah. Uh, well, you. Well, 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 you're well, you're done now because we're wrapping the podcast up. Good. Uh-huh. Get the fuck out of here, so I can go fucking eat. All right, John Thayer. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna thank you for being on because I gotta talk to you every two weeks. So, but, uh, <laughs> but, um. Where can we find you? Or wait, well, Ashley, if we like want to find you online, where are we going to find you? You'll find me at the unfortunate residence that is at Princess Ashley on Twitter. But the L in Ashley is a one. Because she's number one. She's no, number because one. some other bitch took Princess Ashley. <laughs> it, it, it also stands for P. <laughs> what? Number one. I'm going to take a number one. Oh. Number one, because you got one in your name, and one means you got a P. Actually, I don't have, I don't have to see right now, surprisingly. <laughs> John Thire, where can we find you? Carlotimes.com. <laughs> Rhett, where can we find you? Twitch.tv slash Eric Stroystick. It had to come up at some point. And I'm Paul, and you can find me at my dumb website. Um, and that's about it. Uh, so from all of us here to all of you out there, remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Get those Game of the Year lists in. Do it! L8R.